Karen, what are the boys doing? Oh, Sam and Kyle bought a new video game together. They can play guitar now? No, no, they're just little plastic controllers. You hit the colored buttons and it makes the guitar track on the gameplay. Oh. If they spent half the time learning a real instrument as they do playing that game, who knows what they could accomplish? Hey, yeah. So you boys like this music, huh? Yeah, dude. It's Guitar Hero. Stan and Kyle are really good at it. Well, you kids want to see something really cool? Check this out. I can actually play a lot of these songs on a real guitar. You want me to teach you boys how? Uh, that's gay, Mr. Marsh. Yeah, that's stupid, Dad. But, but this is real. Real guitars are for old people. Do you mind, sir? We want to watch Dad and Kyle play. All right, let's try to score 60,000 points this time. Fantastic. Why, hello, it is three minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this is the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into amusements of all varieties, being for the benefit of you. Uh, it is Monday. It is 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join us today. 503 733 970 503-733-2970. If you would like to join us with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, ruminations, ponderings, musings of an ironic nature, uh, whatever it is you uh, you have. It's 503-733-2970. The intrepid Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or what uh, Mr. Malvert would call the absurd. It is 503-733-2970. 2970. You can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or Richie with a T at kufo.com. Greetings and salutations to you on this Monday. Uh, here's what's coming up today. Speaking of Guitar Hero, you hear that right there? I hold in my hands the copy points that will be read after someone wins a copy of... Guitar Hero Metallica sometime today. You know what they say? They say, congratulations, you won a win it before you can buy a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. In stores March 29th. You don't get to hear the rest of them yet. You don't get the rest of them until somebody wins. Uh, but that is every day, all this week, Guitar Hero Metallica. Which uh, I think actually doesn't even go to stores until the 29th. And it's next Tuesday? I think. Well, anyway, it's like the better part of a week from now. You, however, could be winning it today. Today, today. 
so at some point today and at some point during each of uh, this week's programs, you'll have a chance to win Guitar Hero Metallica, which is, uh, from all appearances, seems to be fantastic. So I was at Battlestar Galactica on the, on Friday. We'll talk more about that in a second. Everybody was sort of, it was a congregation of, uh, just a huge nerd fest outside. It was just veering wildly, just careening out of control from Battlestar to Guitar Hero, the zombies, and then back to Battlestar. So, anyway, we'll talk more about it uh, coming up later on in the show. But uh, Guitar Hero Metallica, a copy of that be given away at some point today. We'll also be doing today's top five, the top five hard rock albums of all time. That is coming up, top five hard rock albums of all time. Double Taser Watch today. Double Geek Watch today. We'll talk to CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins and James Roop. Here's the thing. James Roop doesn't know he's talking about the Octomom today, but he will. Because he's talking about all that, all that weirdness that went down in Oakland over the weekend. And that guy just went flat out nuts. Yeah. You know, the thing you just can't prepare against in this world is just a guy tipping over. The inside of his brain just coming apart like an old sheet. Anyway, there's all that, just all that craziness that happened in Oakland with the, uh, the shooting and the running and the you'll never take me alive and the hey, hey. So we've got that. But uh, we're going to talk Octomom as well because she was in the news. So I guess two more of the kids, I guess half the kids are at home now. And at this point, it's like she's just jabbing us. It's like we're it's like we're some kind of animal in a zoo, and she's just poking us between the bars with a stick. Because I saw her interviewed, and like the first words out of her mouth were, "I'll never tell you who the father is," which like I hadn't even asked. I don't even think anybody really brought it up at that point of the interview. But she's sort of proactively letting us know that she's never going to reveal that information. So we'll talk to uh, Jim Roop about that. Lisa Desjardins will talk about the the latest with the uh, weasels at AIG, who I guess had visitors all weekend long because they were loading up like those double-decker buses. And I guess it was all like unemployed steel workers, too. They just wanted to find a bunch of these guys who were on the unemployment line. They said, hey, do you want to go find the AIG guys? And they all said, yeah, sure, why not? So they got in the bus and went uh, went by and sort of paid everybody a, uh, a visit. Let's see what else is uh, what else is coming up today. We will um, talk about the Battlestar Galactica finale, the series finale, which aired Friday. So thanks to everybody who came out. God, it was packed. It was just unbelievable. I don't even I don't know at what point they actually had to cut off the line, but I think at the episode went on the air at nine, and I think it was at about eight fifteen that Court actually had to get on stage and tell people. Like, look, you bastards, quit saving seats. And if you if we see you saving, if there's a seat next to you, like the person's got to be here. Can't be that jazz where it's like you're you're like you're spreading out, you know, with your arms on either side, like doing the the Jesus Last Supper pose, trying to save chairs on either side. Like if they're not here, you got to give it up. Because I think at one point there was about 600 people still outside trying to get in, and waiting for seats that were never going to open up if you were just being a jackass and holding a seat for somebody that was, you know, that was still in the, you know, that was still in Beaverton. So just a massive turnout. So thanks to everybody who came out. Uh, out. It was just um, it was quite a way to wrap that whole uh, to wrap that whole deal up. So it's 503-733-2970. Your phone calls coming up today, as well as this, ladies and gentlemen. I hold in my hands by one Jack W. McDonald, the Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion, a guide to advertising your radio station and maximizing revenue. This is a guide from 19. 19- 65. So, 1965. And it's Where did a, you even find that? Uh, I'm glad you asked that, Sarah <laughs> Dillon, because Susan Reynolds gave this uh, to me. She, uh, God bless Susan Reynolds. When we were filming those promotional videos that were running on the website, where it's going to be sitting behind the desk, and it's like I have the skull, and it's sort of like a college professor's desk, and I'm doing that, uh, you know, radio has a problem. The first step is admitting it or whatever, the cure for... But I'm doing all of those videos that I think you can still see at KUFO.com, and they're all done like classroom 
educational films from the 1960s or 70s, where it's the guy behind the desk and he says, "Let's talk about menstruation," and then they start running into, you know the film to uh, you know to educate you. So we needed a bunch of props for that. And one of the things that Susan rustled up was this three-ring binder. And I think this is a thing that she used or she was given when she... I think when she first started out at like WLS or something in Chicago, this was sort of laying around and they'd given it to her. Anyway, it's who wants to hear a sample bit of radio promotional advice from 1965? I do. I do. Wait, hold on. All right, let's see here. Um, mm, How about this? This is called the Mrs. Frump Contest. This is, again, uh, from page 193 of the Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion from 1965. The Mrs. Frump Contest. Say, radio station, you can have some fun by running what amounts to a beauty contest in reverse. And you should be able to garner some extensive publicity out of it as well. Here's how you start. One of your air personalities arranges to interview a local beauty authority, possibly the head of a charm school. On the program, they discuss the various aspects of beauty as it pertains to national beauty contests. During the interview, your man says that he finds it unfortunate that everything is done for the pretty girls, but no one ever does anything for the plain, ordinary gals. Well, that's true. And then he says, quote, Well, I suppose nothing can be done for them. The head of the charm school then states flatly that any woman, no matter how frumpy, can be turned into a beautiful person in 30 days. That's just a lie. Your air personality challenges this and your promotion is underway. What happens next? Your personality then invites listeners to enter the contest. Any gal who thinks she's a Miss or Mrs. Frump can send in a picture of herself along with a short statement as to why she'd like to do something about it. Anyway. Wow. That's enough to get the coin six cameraman over here. (laughs) Come over here. We're going to be demeaning women. No, no, no. Send a camera. We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Hello. A little lacking sleep, but isn't that good? That's okay, Sarah. You know, you could be turned into a uh, lovely young lady in just 30 days. Oh, fingers crossed. I'm going to find a local charm school to help you out with that. Thank you. I really appreciate right. it. How was your weekend? <laughs> it was good. I actually, yeah, I had a good time, and I spent the whole weekend sleeping. I was kind of nervous that I wouldn't be able to sleep, but I slept till like, noon Excellent. on Saturday and on Sunday. You it's uh, quite an exciting life you've developed for yourself over the last week or so. It's welcome true. to the rest of your. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the rest of your days. Oh, it's okay. I just am then with the fact that I'm going to be tired 24 hours a day. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, first step is just embracing the problem. Exactly. How was the punk show last night? It was fun. I'm yeah. I enjoy doing it immensely. <laughs> wow. I know I'm a real ball of fire. I'm trying to. How's that coffee pot working out for you? Yeah, I still haven't figured. There is it out. fresh coffee over here. You know, I know. You, thank you, Tim it's, Riley. It's the first thing I do when I come in. You know, I you could actually it. just make the coffee when you get up, right? Like you don't have to set the alarm. You could actually just get up and hit the on button. No, because I have my time very condensedly packed. Like, I get ready and leave in the course of, like, 15 minutes. Okay. So I just, I just cannot factor coffee into it. You know, if you, if you hit, I'm just saying, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. I want to be constantly dispensing coffee advice. You could set it the night before, hit the on button. You know, it's, it's ready to go in, like, three minutes. Mm. By the time you put on your pants, you could have coffee. Perhaps. I'm just trying to help. That would just be too convenient. I secretly believe you don't want coffee in the morning. You I don't do. wish to use the coffee pot. <laughs> I do. It's just a little, a little confusing. And I'm kind of delirious too, and I'm afraid I'm gonna like leave it on, and you know something, it's gonna be like coffee all over my apartment or something. How would that happen? I don't know. I don't really understand how these coffee pots work. So I don't really use them. Okay, I don't know. Then. We need to move away from the coffee. I pot. just plug it in, and it works every time. 
Well, maybe Sarah's got a space age coffee pot who's and pushed the green start button. Her workings too, are a mystery to it's us. It's too advanced. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Monday. More than a dozen killed in a Montana plane crash. That plane was chartered from an Oregon company. The pilot of that FedEx plane that burst into flames landing in Tokyo was from Hillsboro. Two teens who stabbed the Lloyd Center. NASA stops testing its urine recycler. New York's attorney general admits he has a list of those AIG executive bonuses. More and more women are going topless because they're jobless. Fred Durst claims dating Britney was a fiasco of madness and sea otters are back. (laughs) Excellent. All right. So they quit testing the urine recyclers. Does this mean that they're going to roll it out for consumer purchase at this point? We don't know. It's good to go. I don't know where to, and who's given the sad, sad job of testing the urine recycler? Wait a minute. It recycles it into what? Drinkable water. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So then I, then I go back to question number one. Who's given that assignment? I, mean, I, w- that, I would suspect Russians. <laughs> I think they've there been doing that. There are some Russians up there. They've been doing that for quite some time just as a hobby, Tim. So, well, look, that vodka doesn't buy itself, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, All can right. I give a shout-out shout out to uh, people listening to us at Home Depot on TV Highway? Uh, you know, I, home... I went there over the weekend in sunglasses, hoping to be incognito and people recognize me, but I got good service there. Were you actually walking <laughs> around inside a Home Depot in sunglasses? Yes. What? Hey, Mr. Rockstar. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about the fact that maybe you're wearing sunglasses so frequently that now that has become part of your known persona? Yes. Maybe, no, 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 here's the thing. Maybe you go the other way. They think you're going to do a one-way. You do it the other way. You go without sunglasses and with a big shirt that identifies you as being Tim Riley, and they'll never see it coming. But I want to thank them for helping me find the batteries for my solar lights. Okay. If you have solar lights, why do you need batteries? The batteries, I have solar lights lining the sidewalk of my front veranda, and the batteries and solar lights do burn out after a while. Wait a minute, what's a veranda? It is like a porch. Thanks. <laughs> I can hear it's like you. a fancy porch. The great thing about Tim is I can hear your voice kicking into that, let me talk down to the rube tone. I can and, hear and, and then I took out the cushions from my patio furniture because spring is here and I put them out over the weekend. You know, we all lead such different lives. I mean, really, I do believe we have every single, uh, we have every single walk on the path of existence sort of covered here. All right. It's well, when I heard about the two stabbings at Lloyd Center, I thought of you. Thanks so much. By the way, speaking of Lloyd Center, I should say that out near my way, we want to thank the uh, folks at the Home Depot Jansen Beach as well. Apparently, we're huge at Home Depots. Yeah. Uh, there's some sort of Home Depot, uh, the intranet, that they're using to spread the word of this very fine radio program. So, hello and howdy to uh, to you all. I successfully avoided going to Lloyd Center for any reason at all this weekend, which is, uh, I had a still small voice telling me to shy away. I think I was, uh, I think that was well advised. Well, sharpen those knives for next time. <laughs> done and done, Tim. Um... It's uh, 503-733-2970. It is Monday. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, CNN Radio Correspondent from the Hill, Dick Uliano. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am so happy to be with you this morning. Good morning from Washington, D.C., Rick Emerson. We are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, Dick Uliano, and I'm glad to say that because typically we sort of talk to you uh, later in the day when we were doing the show on our sister station. And I have to say this, you sound like a polished broadcast professional 24 hours a day, but I was worried that we would be able to match your energy level. And here we are. Uh, I would say uh, 
getting a rolling start on everything. It's uh, great to have you in the morning. Morning is where it's at. Uh, I'm excited about it, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it's all good. It's all good. I saw Obama on 60 Minutes last night. The president was a really fantastic interview. I recommend it to anybody who didn't have a chance to see it on 60 Minutes. You can go online to cbs60minutes.com. You'll see the 40-minute interview with Steve Croft. If you went out and you worked for President Obama to become the president and uh, you follow these issues, don't miss the interview because I'm just fascinated by it, Rick. I've covered presidents going back to uh, Jimmy Carter. I have never seen a president who sort of lets it all hang out, who sort of puts it all out there, who answers seemingly every question. I mean, if you're a newsman and you like to follow the issues – He's the kind of president you want to cover because he makes so much news. He has so much to say on many, many different uh, subjects. Really? I, mean, I think of I think of President Bush. You know, he would tell you what he wanted you to know, and then there'd be some hemming and hawing. With with President Clinton, he'd sort of give you the message of the day, and then you'd get some philosophizing or intellectualizing about it. But with President Obama, you get these direct answers that that I find almost jarring as a newsman that I've not heard of oh, over my years in Washington. Let me, let me ask you this, Jude, because he talked a little bit about uh, about Timothy Geithner, mm-hmm. the, the Treasury Secretary. But you want to talk about a guy that's had a rough first month in office. Yes. I mean, that guy, he wasn't even in the gig, and they started uh, pounding on him because well, of this, uh, uh, this Rick, tax issue. You know, I think Geithner's problem was that he didn't fairly pay his taxes. He's the first Treasury Secretary we've had that I know of in the history of the United States who was caught not paying his federal income taxes. So uh, for some people, that's a problem. Uh, but he's thought to be a boy wonder. He was the head of the New York Federal Reserve at the time, uh, Paulson was uh, the Treasury Secretary under Bush, and Paulson is Treasury Secretary, and uh, uh, Bernanke at the Federal Reserve and Geithner uh, came up with the original bailout plans to deal with the economic crisis. So he was thought to be the guy to continue the job. The president said last night he has a lot of confidence in him. He's staying in the job. He says if Geithner walked into the Oval Office to offer his resignation, he'd say, sorry, buddy, you're staying. So I, they got this, uh, you know, there's all this populist outrage about the uh, about AIG and these companies that are getting these bonuses. And I know that um, there was this House bill where they wanted to go and take, what, like 90, 95% of the yes. bonus money, which it seems like Obama was on the one hand sort of, sort of passively advocating, we saying he didn't think it was right that they would get, just get all this cash after taking right. the public money. But I, but, but I guess the administration's not actually going to back it up. They're not going to back the plan. Well, let me let me say this about that. Uh, uh, when you think about the AIG bonuses and you think about Congress uh, passing this law to collect 90% income tax to get the money back, if and we've all been focused on that, and I have and you have and the listeners have, and we're focused on the economic crisis, well, What did President Obama tell 60 Minutes last night? Among all the issues that he has confronted, the war in Afghanistan dwarfs dwarfs the current economic crisis. I thought that was really interesting. He said the toughest decision he's made so far as president has been to order 17,000 more American uh, men and women into the fight in Afghanistan. Well, you are certainly right when you say that he uh, he doesn't seem to shy away from no. from just jumping right into the maw he of the question. He puts it all out there. Yeah. yeah. On the economic crisis, he said that uh, some we've heard this before. Some big institutions are too big to fail. He didn't mention the names, but you can imagine he's thinking Citigroup, AIG, 
Bank of America, you know, these, these companies with all these toxic assets and bad loans. He said that if, if one of them failed, it's likely they could suck down others with them and make the recession worse. He said if they all failed, we would have another Great Depression. We were just uh, the country. He said he didn't expect that to happen, but he said that's how that's how much systemic risk is still out there. The country would just reduce to a financial uh, singularity. As always, my friend, it is a uh, it is a pleasure, and it is great to talk to you in the morning, Dick Uliano. We will talk to you again, sir. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Seeing a radio correspondent, Dick Uliano, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. Wow, he's even more awake than normal. Well, he's on East Coast time. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we were talking about like like noon or something, or like one in the afternoon, and he sounded full of pep then. I mean, it sounds like he's leaping for the phone at us this morning. All right, well done. Excellent. It's 503-733-2970. Just ahead, Tim Riley at the news desk. Later on, senior radio correspondent James Roop. Uh, We'll also have the top five hard rock albums of all time, and we're going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica at some point today. It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't go anywhere. We return momentarily. I know, I just keep waiting for the Darth Vader thing to play again. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It is Monday morning, and good morning to ye. If you'd like to uh, email us, you can do that as well. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Later on, we'll be consulting the Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion by Jack W. McDonald, a 1965 guide to radio and rating success. Let's read one more right now, shall we? We shall. Uh, let's see. I want to thank uh, Susan uh, Reynolds for lending us this. Let's see. Um, did I do the one about frumpy women in charm school? Yes. Yes, yeah, I did. So that, was a, that, that was the first promotion. All right. How about this? I swear to God I'm reading this right off the page. This is from page 188. If you have a DJ who is a near professional in the use of an aqua lung, you might have him attempt to break the underwater endurance record. It is no small feat. If he does set a new aqua lung record... First of all, we should say right now, I don't even really know what an aqualung is. Is that like a scuba diving outfit? Yes. Then why don't they just... Uh, is it the same thing? What is an aqualung, Tim Riley? You don't really know, do you? It's something from the 60s. It's the name <laughs> it's of a, a band. What is What is an aqualung? It's uh, an object from the days well, of I, yore. I just think of the album. Would you, would you? I mean, yes, I'm. Sk- no one is skilled in aqua lung endurance I, in that way. Tim. All I think about is da 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 da. I was just gonna. That's a thing. By the way, that's a contest at which I would fail. You know how long I can endure the song aqua lung? Long enough for my hand uh, to get from a resting position to the off button on the radio. It is no small feat. And then I'm quoting directly here. If he does set a new aqua lung record, you will harvest a bushel of national publicity. There you go. That's from the handbook of... No doubt. Radio, publicity, and promotion. Don't forget, coming up later on today, we're going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. That is a win-it-before-you-can-buy-it copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March uh, 29th. We're also throwing in a canister of eco-friendly gaming wipes. Oh, that sounds built Gaming wipes? That's if you don't. You can't make it to the bathroom. I was just going to say that's that's really like if you're stay at the top of your game with gaming <laughs> wipes. If you're halfway through Orion and don't want to get off the sofa, uh, no, 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 I'm right in that real baroque section of Master of Puppets. I don't, I don't want to get up. Sarah, it's the only antibacterial designed for your gaming gear. Safely cleans all the handheld electronics and oh. your hands too. I'd like that for in here, then. It really must be powerful. Think of how powerful it must be to clean the hands of the average gamer. I mean, really, let's just, let's you and I speak as men on this. We, we Unless under- the word, like, game is just kind of gross anyway, because it's I, like gamey wipes. Can I just say this? 
Here's the reason I can't make fun of the canister of eco-friendly gaming wipes. Because you know what I bought this weekend? What? I went to the Mac store. Speaking of Lloyd Center, it wasn't in Lloyd Center. You went to the Mac store. I went to the Mac store. The one by... The world is really changing. I I know. (laughs) He's classing it up. Up is down, Tim, and left is right. It wasn't in Lloyd Center as such, but it's that Mac store that's by Lloyd Center on Multnomah. uh, Multnomah. Mm -hmm. So I went there because my screen on my MacBook is getting all gunked up. And, uh, you know, I was doing the thing of just saying like a washcloth, like a damp washcloth. And then, you know, because, well, somebody said you could do that. And it was really wasn't wasn't it wasn't coming clean the way it needed to. So of course, what did I do? Did I did I get like a typical uh, screen cleaner? No, I had to buy one that had the Apple logo on it because I've become an Apple using douche. That's just sad how quickly you've changed. So I go so I go to the Mac store, and they're selling me in three months. I know, I'm gone for right? Three months and everything changes. And then they convinced me to buy something that is called iClean. You know, for like ninety four dollars or whatever the hell. And it actually, I swear to God, comes like one of the bonus things that you buy with it when you buy the canister of iClean and then the like. Thing, the little rag that lets you wipe off your MacBook screen. One of them that it comes with is, in fact, a little package of eco-friendly keyboard wipes, which I guess I'm supposed to use on the keyboard to clean out bagel crumbs and detritus of all varieties. Mm-hmm. So I can't really, uh, I can't really make fun of this too much. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. So from 60 Minutes last night. Mr. Croft, who is the reporter, asked Obama if he's punch drunk because he kept laughing about things, and he's just a cheerful fellow, really. It's my pot up. Mm. The only thing less popular than putting money into banks is putting money into the auto industry. Uh, so, right, 18% are in favor. Uh, <laughs> 76% against. It, it, it's not a high number. You're sitting here and you're, you are laughing about some of these problems. Are people going to look at this and say, I mean, he's sitting there just making jokes about money. With How do you deal with it? I mean, wh- explain the, the well, your mood and your laughter. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be... Are you punch drunk? No, no, there's got to be a little gallows humor to get you through the day. You know, sometimes my team... First of all, I don't... Can you play just the beginning? Because I can't even really understand what Obama's saying right there. He says the only thing po- less popular than blah, blah, blah is something. And I can't tell quite what he's saying. Nope. Oh, too late. It just died. <laughs> what, we'll what, never what know. What just died? Just the, uh, YouTube just went away from my screen forever. Well, okay. Ladies I and gentlemen, that will have to, to work with. That will that will have to live on as a pleasant memory. I uh, knew you were going to ask, and I knew it would flick right off the screen. Well, just when you asked that, let me then just comment on the fact that of a Windows computer that Obama is sort of giggling uncontrollably in that. Wouldn't it, I, I was just kind of pondering this while Steve Crawford was asking him if he was punch drunk. Mm-hmm. First of all, it'd be great if he was actually just like alcohol drunk, you know, like booze drunk. Also, it would be really great if a president actually just went crazy in office. I mean, wouldn't that be sort of, you know... I that think that be, was Nixon. But just and sort of Ben Bush. But I mean, just to kind of mix things up a little bit. You know, just, mm-hmm. just kind, of, uh, kind of keep things sort of, you know, keep us on our feet. Because you get presidents that are, you know, uh, we've had presidents that are pill poppers, clearly. And you've had presidents like Ulysses S. Grant that were half in the bag all the time. And you had a president like George W. Bush who just... You know, it's like when he wasn't being felled by a variety of snack foods, uh, it just seemed to be, he seemed to have some almost fetish-like fixation on clearing brush away. It'd be nice if he just had a, pre- what if the president got on TV, like whether it's Obama or somebody else, what if he just got on TV to do the, like the State of the Union or something and just began giggling uncontrollably and then ran around in a circle and then ran down the aisle tearing off his trousers as he did so? I mean, that's a thing people would talk about. You'd tune into the next State of the Union address after that just to see what would happen. Oh, absolutely. All right. Then there's First Lady talking about her uh, school days. I'm sorry? I remember there were kids around my neighborhood who would say, oh, you talk funny. You talk like a white girl. I heard that growing up my whole life. I was like, I don't even know what that means, but you know what? I'm still getting my A.
Oh, is that Michelle Obama? Mm-hmm. Talking right. schoolgirls. Right. Oh, by the way, somebody has clarified uh, Aqualung. Rick, Aqualung is a brand name of scuba gear. Well, it doesn't seem like that's what the uh, handbook of radio publicity and promotion could be talking about, though, because they would just say scuba gear. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Wow. So two plane crashes over the weekend. One, 14 people, seven kids died in a Montana plane crash. Here's an eyewitness to that. You know, I seen a plane right away when it was going down. It looked like it hit a wind shear or something. and went right straight in the ground. So that place registered to Eagle Camp Leasing of Enterprise, Oregon. Then there was another plane crash. A FedEx plane burst into flames landing in Tokyo. The pilot for that was from Hillsboro. There were two teenagers being stabbed in a gang-related fight at the Lloyd Center Mall, your favorite hangout. Uh, this happened at 3.30 in the afternoon. This happened near the uh, mall's ice skating rink. So kids just can't behave. What kind of a, a gang has a stabbing next to an ice skating rink? That seems like a uniquely unmanly place mm-hmm. to have a stabbing. I mean, I'm not suggesting one should be stabbing uh, other youths at all, but if you really... I mean, if you really got to do that, at least go. If you're like genie in a bottle play, and like some 14-year-old girls like spinning around in a sparkly skirt. Seriously, there's a bunch of like sparkle motion dancers on the ice to a Journey song, and <laughs> meanwhile, there's some guy getting jumped in by having a knife shoved into his eye. Why don't you at least, you know, if you're by the uh, if you're by the ice skating uh, rink at Lloyd Center, the escalator's right there. Just go up and hang up by the, you know, just go up and get stabbed by that place that sells uh you know where it's like all, like all like the necklaces that look like they've been bejeweled or bedazzled or whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just go upstairs away from uh, away from the curling folks. There's no need to stab by the curling. And plus, that's right by the caramel corn shop. So I don't wish for there to be a stabbing there anyway, because uh, Rick Emerson has to go there to get his Chicago style every mm-hmm. now and again. Oh, and near the Cinnabon too. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All right, here's Tim Riley. Hey, Octo Mom, how's it feel to have two more Octo babies released in the hospital? The police were able to block off the streets. The a pretty big street, and then our street on the cul-de-sac. And that was just, it was fantastic, and just really, really safe. And I had no anxiety and no worry. Wait a minute, were you just doing an Aqualung reference there? No, Octomom. But you did like a, hey, Octomom. Maybe it was like in the back of my head. I think you were doing like a little, yeah. hey, Aqualung thing there. I mean, it's amazing things are working this early in the morning. Yeah, it really is astounding. <laughs> we can't all be Dick Uliano, but, uh, you know, we play through the pain. Uh, Octomom is shooting down the rumors that not all of her kids have the same father. All 14 children are from the exact same father. He's from another country, so I think people need to go look for him in another country. She sounds so deeply stupid. Uh, I was going to go not so much stupid as just flat out nuts. The people need to go uh, look for him in another country seems like a pretty obvious cover-up for something or other. So, hey, I, but I mean, do we know, like, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Does, the, does the Octo dad know he's the Octo dad? Do we know this? Probably not, because I I would think since it is a California thing that a book deal would have been signed by now. But I mean, yeah, is and it, Gloria Allred would be his spokesman too. But if it, but in other words, she's saying he lives in another country. So let's take her at her clearly unreliable word for now. Let's take her at her patently unbelievable face value. He's a Canadian. So wait, did she say that? No, I just said that. You're just making that yes. up. Let's spread that rumor That's right another now. Another country. It's morally safer. Anyway, so. Is it through, I guess my question is, is it through like a sperm bank of some kind, or is it, or is it like some guy she knows, and she's like, hey, why don't, why don't you come on over here and, uh, and baste me, uh, you know, and we'll, you know, and then, and then I'll have some kids, and you're not going to have any obligation or whatever, and, you know, like, but to me, was it like a professional deal? Did she get it done through a service? I kind of, it's probably, you know, someplace in the strip mall between the Thai restaurant and the Kinko's. <laughs> between That's the, what I'm visualizing. Between the Dippin' Dots place yeah. and the All Scarface uh, store. <laughs> Uh, hey, what you want? Uh, impregnation. All right, uh, that's down in this aisle. That's uh, that's Next over here. Next is a used clothing store, Baby and Me. <laughs> it's right by a Marshalls.
That's wonderful. Okay. Next to the discount Samsonite, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Here's a new public service announcement using the alleged domestic abuse incident involving Chris Brown and Rianne. Alleged? They're trying to raise awareness about uh, dating violence. She picked up his cell phone and read a text message from a woman he had a previous relationship with. A verbal argument ensued. He reached over to her to open the car door and attempted to force her out. When he could not, he shoved her head against the passenger window of the vehicle, causing a circular contusion. She turned to face him, and he punched her. Is this like a book on tape we're listening to? It's a PSA. Oh. Half a one. I thought maybe we were listening. That's a PSA? Yeah. That's a badly done That's PSA. Weird. Well, you said it, it was needs a, music. Well, read the setup again back. because what yeah. what you were describing is not what we just played. It's a public service announcement using the alleged domestic abuse incident involving singers Chris Brown and Rihanna to raise awareness of dating violence. She picked up his right. cell phone and read a text message from a woman he had a previous relationship with. But this is just some guy reading the he news. He reached over copy. to her mm-hmm. to open the car door and attempted to force her out. When he could not, he shoved her head against the passenger window of the vehicle, causing a circular contusion. She turned to face him and he punched her. All right, here's my thing. Maybe this makes me a bad person, or maybe it means that we're just more interesting than whoever it is that they put this together. There's a graphic video posted on dosomething.org. Is that like a graphic novel? Apparently so. I didn't go there, but... um, the, uh, it's So when we were... Um, when uh, when Laura and I were uh, at home this weekend, I was just kind of just looking at the news sites and just sort of seeing uh, seeing what was happening in the headlines, and I saw that they were doing a PSA, a public service announcement, where they were going to be using the cop's description of what Chris Brown allegedly did to Rihanna when he was allegedly putting, putting the beat down. So I immediately jumped to... See, this is, this is way less interesting than what they should have done. If you really want to get people's attention, I thought they were reenacting it. I oh. thought it was a... No, I thought it was a PSA where you get some chick who looks like Rihanna, you get some guy who looks like Chris Brown, and then he just spends like 55 solid seconds just working her over right in front of the camera. And at the end, it's like, you know, it's like if, you're, if, if, your, boyfriend's, if your boyfriend's a jackass... Uh, call the cops, you know, and, and and leave him or whatever. Don't you think that would be much more compelling? Mm-hmm. They ought to just get some really hot girl who looks like Rihanna. And I'm not, I'm I'm only saying this in terms of public service, and I'm not trying to be snarky about this. If they really, because that's just dull. That's just a guy reading the actual news copy, which, I mean, they, everybody's heard a billion times, just whatever came off the Associated Press. If they really want to drive the point home, we should just do this. You just get somebody who looks like Rihanna. You get a guy who looks like Chris Brown, and you just have him. You just have her have him give her, you know, what for uh, with his fist for like 55 seconds in like one static, unbroken shot right in front of the camera. Well, this is only a 30 second PSA. 25 seconds, then All Tim. Right. You can hit somebody a lot in 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing in 25 seconds. I mean, you could, you know, Mrs. Face could probably beat Mr. Window five or six times. I mean, really. I mean, if you're if you're really going to be true to the Chris Brown method, allegedly. So and then at the end it just says, hey, uh, you know, like if this is your boyfriend, uh, call the cops and have him stuck in a hole somewhere. The end. From the ad council. I think that's a great idea. All right, well we should do that. Right. I bet that'd get us some of that uh, publicity that Jack W. McDonald is always talking about here in this uh, handbook for radio publicity and promotion. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget, coming up later on today, Guitar Hero Metallica will be giving away, uh, as well as uh, we'll be talking to a Jim Roop. We'll be doing today's har- uh, top five, as well the top five hard rock albums of all time. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program on Rock 101 KUFO. All right, now we're all just doing the Hey, I don't mom. Aqualung thing. It's kind of amazing that nobody's done that. We'll do that for our fictitious prep service that we're going to start one of these days. So that's the, that's the name of the song by Jethro Tull? Aqualung? Yeah, because also Aqualung's also the name of a band. Yeah, probably named... Well, I don't know if they're named after the Jethro Tull song. I would hope not. I would hope that for, for their sake that they're named after the scuba gear. Aqualung by Jethro Tull, I'm going to say this right now. 
we do this uh, we do this recurring bit uh, called uh, the greatest songs ever made, where we take like a song that is sort of singular or definitive or wonderful or classic, or whatever, and this is sort of like a behind the music, but about one song. We had to do sort of a, a corollary to that, uh, where we like you know famous songs nobody really likes. Because I don't really know anybody that likes the song Aqualung. It's one of the worst things ever recorded. That song Aqualung, it's so, I mean, it's jaw-droppingly bad. It's astoundingly bad. I used to have to play it as a DJ, by the way, but that's not why. It's not because I was forced to play it, although it certainly didn't help matters. And Tim probably was the same. You probably had to play Aqualung. Yes, horrendous. And it just, like, the song starts, and I would just sit there, and you just weep silently to yourself at, like, 3.30 in the morning at whatever, you know, at whatever rock station you're working at in the middle of a cornfield somewhere and just sitting there going, what kind of career have I chosen? Why am I having to play this dreck? Do you have that? Do you have Aqualong over there? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it. now. it's buffering. All right. I mean, not that there's... I've, look, because if you don't know it, I almost don't want to put it in your head. If you've managed to uh, live well, wanna, like 28 years without getting that song inside your brain... I want to be able to get the Aquamom references. Though. And it's got some of the worst lyrics. I mean, really, at this point in time, and by this point, I mean like you know, like within the 20th century and beyond, it seems like we should have evolved past the point of needing to use the word snot in a lot of lyrics. Ew, really? That's, that's what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's a big... There you go. God, it's all flooding back to me. Oh, no. What is this song even about? Who is Aqualung? What is it? What is it? Is it the guy in the front of the record? Yeah, there you go. Good morning. Welcome to the breakfast hour. I can't even hear what he's saying. It's all sort of buried in the background. This was a hit? Yes. Yes, it was. It's probably on KGON, like, as we speak. I remember back in the day when this came up. People used to take lunch breaks in their Chevy Novas, <laughs> and they'd be smoking pot. And, and these guys are like in their 30s and 40s, and I'd be sitting in the back seat. Of play Aqualung. Wait, where, why were you in the back seat of a guy who was 30 something? What everyone are you talking about? Take, everyone used to take lunch breaks together at the supermarket I used to work at. Oh. And everyone would get stoned, these old guys, during their lunch. It was common back then. Were you sitting in the car with them? Yes. Was it just understood that you had to do that? Yes. Everyone had to go to lunch together. Is that like when you sign the employment form? They'd say, uh, okay, let's see, you'll need to put down a $15 deposit for your uniform. You'll need to buy your own lock for the employee lock on the back room. Also at lunch, you'll need to sit in the back of a Plymouth while these guys get stoned and listen to Aqualung. Mm-hmm. Please sign here if you agree. Exactly. And this song just never ends. This is one of those songs that every, whenever I would think that the, it had concluded, there would be a pause just long enough to get your hopes up. And then you'd hear that hideous, na 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 and it start again. Now I have that in my head already. It's awful. Okay, and then on the cover of this record, there's some guy who I guess is the Aqualung in question. Mm-hmm. And he's all grubbed up, but he's covered in warts or whatever. And I remember just sitting there playing the song, which is alternately off-putting and irritating and creepy, kind of like all at once. So it does seem like somebody needs to be, some zany morning show, needs to be uh, putting together a hey, hey, Octomom, like a, what were we saying to the like, feed her in the stirrups, and then blah, 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 and then hilarity ensues. Hey, speaking of hilarity ensuing, this isn't a full cannibal watch. I'm just going to read this. This is from the, uh, the Sun, which is uh, Europe's finest newspaper. This is about, what's his name, Joseph Fritzl, the Austrian seller raping guy. Seller fiend. 
Joseph Fritzl has been offered a choice of luxury prisons as a reward for not contesting his sentence. Because I guess he was digging in his heels and he was going to you know, plead innocent. So I was looking forward to a long trial where his crazy was put on display. Mm. But I guess he's thwarted all of our fun by pleading guilty. You know, that is really the, uh, that's the unkindest cut of all. That's his final crime, Sarah, is denying us entertainment. Fritzl, 73, um, went on trial for, uh, you know, imprisoning his daughter and caging her, you know, her and whatever. Um, so we've got here, it says, Fritzl, who is terrified of being attacked, will go to Austria's high-security Gellersdorf Mental Asylum. Inmates include teenage cannibal killer Robert Ackerman, who has threatened to eat Fritzl as soon as he arrives. I like the idea of a guy who's still angling for his place in the sun. You know what I mean? He's afraid that Mr. Spotlight might be leaving. What shall I do? Uh, I don't know. I'll threaten to eat the uh, Austrian raping guy. So there you go. Um, the evil dad said, quote, I just don't want to be eaten. Well, he, he speaks for all of us. Hey, real quickly, and then we'll get this call, then we'll get caught up around the corner. Have you seen this article about Bruce Willis getting married to what's-her-name? Yes. To uh, whatever her name is, Emma Hemming. She's a model. That's less interesting than this. Bruce Willis got married? Yeah, yeah, to that model that he's been dating. Mm-hmm. And then Harrison Ford and Calista Flockhart got engaged. That is unimportant. What is important is if you go to the Chicago Tribune's website and look at this picture of Bruce Willis, he is Joe the Plumber. Oh, yeah. They're the same guy. He's turned, which is weird, because how can Joe the Plumber be so off-putting and Bruce Willis uh, be such a good-looking guy? Because Bruce Willis has aged very well. I'd go so far he as to say this. He always looked old. He always looked old, but, you know, you look back at the Moonlighting era, and he had, like, the sort of Dane Cook hair, the sort of spiky kind of punk rock hair. Mm-hmm. Good-looking guy. Then he started looking like Mr. Clean. Good-looking guy now, but in a totally different way. He's made the transition into old age fairly well. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program, sir and madam, as the case may be. Good morning. Hello, sir. Uh, Oblong. Great song, Jethro Tull. Excellent band. Are you being ironic? No, I love them. Guys, I think it's brilliant. Are you just a fan of the flute in general? Well, the flute thing's kind of off, but I think the guy writes excellent music, and uh, power ballads, love them. Please not a list for me. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Please not a list for me your favorite uh, three uh, Jethro Tull songs. Oh, Oblong, Cross-Eyed Mary. Oh, and... You know what? I really can't think of a name of the third one. Let me understand this. You love the band. They're among your favorites. You can only think of two songs you might put on this list. The top two, I'd have to say. Excellent. Thank uh, you, sir. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed this small window into uh, the Aqualangarium this morning. Oh, and Sarah, sorry, I don't know any of my old friends anymore. There you go. <laughs> he's, have a good day. He's alone Thank and embittered, Sarah. Welcome to your future. Thank uh, you, sir. It's hard to believe Aqualung. W- was done in 1970. Well, it was released in 71, but that song was from 1970. You know what's what weird? were people thinking? <laughs> they were uh, they were thinking that they enjoyed huffing Krylon uh, spray paint out of a paper bag in their parents' wood-paneled basement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they were thinking. You know what's weird, too, is when you hear a song like Aqualung, and then you look at what else was coming out around the same time, and you realize... It's American Pie. Well, American Pie, but then also Stairway to Heaven came out the following year. Alice Cooper's 18 came out the following year. And, I mean, especially when you consider Aqualung was post the Beatles breakup, right? It was post Let It Be, Long and Winding Road, Magical Mystery Tour. There was no need for that song to exist at all. Somebody should have gone back and just, just smothered that song in the crib. I mean, just, just like before they inflicted it on an, on an unsuspecting world. Tim Riley is ahead with more headlines. Later on, senior radio correspondent James Roop will count down the top five hard rock albums of all time. We'll uh, wrap up the Battlestar series finale, which aired Friday night, and we'll be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. It is Monday, and good morning to you. It's uh, Monday, March 23rd, 2009. It's 503-733-2970. Don't forget, coming up later on today, we're going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. In stores, March 29th, you can be winning that today. You know what made all the difference this morning? Brushing my teeth. Let me. It is a good way to start the day. <laughs> Let me clarify. If it makes it sound like I don't ever brush my teeth, that's not what I'm talking it's about. Like is today a special day? No. Yes, it's Monday, Sarah. It's tooth cleaning day. Uh, tomorrow I uh, tomorrow I wash one of my ears. Not both, just one. The next day I change my drawers. I uh, brushed my dog's teeth last night too. Moving forward. Uh, no, I brushed my teeth this morning, and then I came here, and I had I did that thing of having the... Uh, I had something uh, sweet this morning. It was like a protein bar and then a viso. But then when you have the two sweet things back-to-back, it's like having pancakes and orange juice. Mm-hmm. And your teeth get all... You get that weird, sour, gritty feeling in your mouth, like when you've had something. It's like it's a weird combination of sugars. And it makes your mouth kind of pucker up. So for the whole first segment, from like 5 to 5.20, I was kind of talking like this. It was very difficult to form words. So I went and I had to just uh, go scrunch out my teeth in the bathroom, and now it's much better. Okay. Right. I think Richie has some of those, like toothbrush to go things you know i have an actual what do you mean a toothbrush to go you know those things that you can like put on your finger and then um they're like the disposable toothbrushes no oh is it like a finger cot sort of a thing yeah if it's like a, is it like a finger puppet but it's a toothbrush yes that's the weirdest phrase i've ever used it's <laughs> like is it in the shape of a clown <laughs> let's never talk about this again uh coming up uh, today guitar hero metallica we will be giving away we're also throwing in a canister yes of eco-friendly gaming wipes the only antibacterial designed for your gaming gear. Safely cleans handheld electronics in your hands, too. And one lucky grand prize winner will also win the limited edition Metallica Death Magnetic Game Case. Not available for sale. Only 40 are being made. That's coming up later on today uh, with one of our favorite segments. It's Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. So that is coming up uh, later on in today's program. We'll also count down the top five hard rock albums of all time, and we will discuss Friday night's Battlestar Galactica finale. Tim Riley's working on the following stories on this Wednesday, Wednesday, Monday morning. Well, if you posted a YouTube video using a Warner Music song, it's probably been removed by the company itself. Natalie Richardson is buried in upstate New York. Two more Octobabes go home. Obama's accused of being punch drunk on television. A lawsuit has been settled on behalf of two McMinnville girls whose backsides were swatted. Nordstrom recalls girl shoes made of lead paint by the Red Chinese. An Alabama condom factory will be moved to China. Eleven of those AIG Super Bonus recipients no longer work for the company, and sea otters are back. I don't even really know why there would be a condom uh, factory in Alabama anyway. I mean, really, when's the last time you took a, the birth rate, uh, took a gander at the birth rate throughout the South? It really is just off the charts. It really is. I mean, really, as brains go down, uh, birthing goes up. and Can't we all know what gender they are, man or woman or a combination of both. <laughs> Just one tooth and a pair of shoes, Tim. That's all. Um, so, by the way, as we go through the day, we are reading from the Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion. Susan Reynolds lent this to us. This is by Jack W. McDonald, and this is not like a wacky uh, radio bit or something. Book. I don't know if he has follow-up manuals, Tim, but I do know that this is the second edition. This was written in 1965. It is a handbook for radio publicity and promotion, a way for your radio station to get public notice. First edition, and it uh, was printed, uh, and then the second uh, edition came out a year later, so we've got the second edition. I'm looking here at page 166. This is called the, let's see, what is the name of this bit? Uh, let's see, I believe this is this is the survival test, Tim. In recent times, there have been a rash of survival tests conducted by the military and civilians to check man's endurance. Here's a happy sort of promotion to lighten this grim subject. 
What you do, Tim, is you stash one of your DJs in a hotel somewhere in town where he broadcasts from. Then you determine how long he can stay in the hotel before he simply has to leave. What? Ground rules for the test should be announced in advance and reiterated daily. These include, one, throughout the test, your disc jockey must remain within the hotel. If he leaves the hotel, the test is ended. <laughs> Two, throughout the test, boy, radio used to be really, really easy to do. It used to... She's supposed to listen to someone sitting in a room. You know, this radio station wasn't very exciting before, but now that this guy isn't broadcasting from a studio, but instead from a room on the other side of town, it's made all the difference. Oh, my God. He can't leave a place with all the amenities that he needs to survive. Rule number two, Sarah. Throughout the test, except for the most basic things, your disc jockey must do nothing for himself. Everything must be done for him. I like that idea. What a challenge this would be. When he takes a cigarette, someone should light it for him. When he gets dressed, a valet should help him. When he says, quoting now, gee, I'd like a steak, end quote, Someone should get it for him immediately. Wow. As part of the survival test, your disc jockey will undergo a daily happiness checkup to measure his state of well-being. Is how there a happiness they... meter? And how long were they planning on keeping him there? I'm sure that this is a thing that with our current budget situation, we'd be more than... We could probably have all the stations do this. Let's just put everybody in there around the clock. Mm -hmm. By the way, it's all worth it for... And this contest comes from the Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion from 1965. It's all worth it for this word of warning. It's probably a holdover from the old days, but the public mind still views radio people as having a general reputation as a fast and loose group. <laughs> Add to this the fact that you are placing one of your disc jockeys in a hotel, which in many minds is simply a high-class brothel, and you can see the possible danger. Therefore, you must make absolutely sure that no sordid reflection can be cast upon your man, your station, or the hotel. Of course, it's a man. Because broadcasting is man's work, Sarah. Heaven forbid have a woman do it. Avoid any wild parties in the suite or any excessive drinking on the part of your disc jockey. Well, that's a losing battle. Be sure that he conducts himself with dignity wherever he goes in the hotel. Because that's the word that people always associate As with As you're telling a valet to change you. Seriously, change my underwear and get me some gaming wipes. But leave me my dignity. <laughs> as much as possible, keep women out of the suite. When women are present, be sure that the door to the hallway is left open. No matter how careful you are, there will be certain people who will assume the worst. So make sure you do not provide them with any ammunition. There you go. That's fantastic. That is so beautiful and gold. Uh, it really is. I mean, it, it brought the, tears to my eyes. Can I just eyes. tell you, that, that's like page, that's page one of like 70. I mean, I flagged like a thousand different things in oh, this so book. So this is multiple choice. Oh, no, these are all, I mean, this this book, this handbook of radio promotions is 350 pages long. I mean, we so can, we can all find a, at least one we like. Okay, I'm going to read one more. I don't want to go overboard right now. This is the last one I'll read probably for a while, but this is, this is from page 188, Tim. Okay, that's way down. So they should get better as you go along. The Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion says on page 188. It's a giant green binder with it's, yellowed pages. It's that is so of, great. It's one of those classic three-ring binders that's got the metal clips that mm. like... Wait, hold on. Here's a universally known sound. Right there. Oh, wait, I've clipped it around the microphone. Ah, there we go. Oh, All right. It says here... This, uh, let's see, this uh, bit is called Bathing Suit Girl. <laughs> when the hot summer months roll around and you're looking for a fun-type gimmick, not actually fun, just fun-type, fun-type gimmick to perk things up for a few days, try this one. This promotion is ma mainly for laughs, but the sort of laughs that will move dial switchers in your direction. After the warm weather arrives, go on the air one day. 
By the way, I should note here, just in the strongest terms, that I am reading this directly off the page from this uh, handbook of radio publicity and promotion from 1965. I am not altering this for comedic purposes. After the warm weather arrives, go on the air one day and announce that you are offering $1 to (laughs) any young lady who will walk a set course through the heart of town between noon and 1 o'clock. A whole dollar? A dollar, Sarah. And you know women will go for that. (laughs) They'll do anything for money. The catch is that she must take a walk while wearing a red bathing suit and high heels, carrying a red rose, and leading a poodle on a leash, or better yet, a chimpanzee. These are This is back in the days of friendly chimpanzees. Yes. This is before they rebelled against their human masters, Tim. Each day you offer an additional dollar, and by the time you reach 10 to $15, you should have found someone to undertake the walk. Do we try it? And then they note, by the way, as you're suggesting that a woman remove almost all of her clothing and then put a chimpanzee on a leash and walk around in the hot sun for $10, they be sure to note here at the end, be sure to get the local newspaper photographers out there when the young lady is taking her walk with the chimpanzee, and get pictures for yourself to send to the trade publication. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of photos taken. I'm sure there'll be post-mortem photos taken. There are uh, stacks of them in R&R. Oh, the days <laughs> in of the world. inboxes of women walking chimpanzees in bathing suits and stilettos. <laughs> I'm going to send this to Perry at All Access. Sir, would you like to publish these chimpanzee photos? Look, here's an animal mauling one of our listeners. Can you put this in street talk? All right. Ooh, sexual harassment. Put this in the put this, this in the grapevine section of hits, would you please? This was a beautiful woman in a red bathing suit. <laughs> Just why don't you skip the middleman and send it right to Bill Curtis? It was a radio station promotion that seemed like a good idea. And the best part, by the way, just one final thought here. The thing I didn't read is as you're having this, uh, as you're having this woman walk around in a bathing suit and heels. Yeah, with no, with a red rose and a red umbrella. In, uh, you know, and how's she supposed to carry a, a chimpanzee? A rose and an umbrella. Well, you can let the chimpanzee go by itself, Sarah. I'm okay. sure that nothing's going to go wrong. I think once you get the, to the ten dollar point. That that is the selling point. <laughs> so bring, bring me that chimp in the red bathing suit right away. They also, to their credit, they insist that the woman be emblazoned with uh, your call letters. They're saying W Z Z Z. So is the woman also responsible for finding the chimp? Uh, it would seem so, actually. Hey, I know this sounds like a kooky morning show thing, but I'd be curious to know. I really would actually be curious to know. This sounds like a DJ setup. Well, yeah. these are the days of the board housewife. You know, I would be. So a chimpanzee would be a welcome addition to a boring day. What to do while the kids are off at school all day and Dad is at the firm? Why not have a chimpanzee around the house? Um, this sounds like a cookie morning show setup where you go, Hey, Sarah, I'd be curious to know if anybody out there has a chimpanzee. But really, me, Rick Emerson, I really would be curious, Sarah, to know if anybody out there has hmm. a chimpanzee. Is it illegal to have a chimpanzee in Portland? I would imagine so, yes. Yeah, but see, you say imagine so, but there's that guy, what's his name, Criswell, that has the alligator and like a king cobra. The Tim Criswell House of Reptiles guy. Well, and, you know, if somebody does have a chimp, we ultimately have to have it in here. After I leave. Yeah, why don't we uh, why don't we wait for Intercom to do that instead? We'll uh, sure. we'll just talk about the chimp. <laughs> All right, we'll find out an answer. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. It is Monday morning. It's 630. That's... Well, I guess it's 30 minutes before 7. I was thinking there'd be some other wacky... Tim, is there a wacky radio way to talk about when you're halfway through the hour? Not that I recall, no. So there's nothing just... funny about it. No, there's not, Tim. Nothing funny about a Monday. Ha <laughs> ha! 
Uh, I am reading here the Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion by Jack W. McDonald. This is page 161. This is the Christmas Kissing Corner. Here's a timely Christmas stunt promotion with a built-in bundle of goodwill. And to complete the package, it could be a tremendous traffic builder for an advertiser who buys into this promotion. I hope sales is paying attention upstairs. In the busiest corner of a downtown department store, set up your Christmas Kissing Corner. While the store is open, your air personalities do a remote operation from the store, seated under a huge clump of mistletoe. Any promotion involving the word clump, by the way, is guaranteed to be great. The twist is a reverse of the old selling kisses for charity theme. For every kiss, one per female customer, bestowed upon the disc jockey. Were there just no female disc jockeys in 1965? Is that the deal? Was that still men's work? I think there might might have been a token woman here and there. It is making the women seem kind of freakish. No, they have. Well, well they did dusting tips and things like. No, that. No, no, they have a purpose, Sarah, as you'll discover here in a moment. For every kiss, one per female listener bestowed upon the disc jockey, the store or the station or both donates a dime, a quarter, or a dollar to a select local Christmas charity. That's less than locking a monkey. Have an attractive setup in which your air personalities will appear, including perhaps a throne on which they will sit. You may wish to have a female assistant attend to the disc jockey and wipe away lipstick with a facial tissue after each kiss. Because they must wait on men all the time. Of course. Can you imagine the idea that somebody you're going to be kicking up money for some poor soul that comes and kisses a DJ on the mouth? No. For the love of God, how much money would you have to pay any of us to agree to kiss a DJ? Uh, Jesus, there's not enough therapy or bleach in the world, by the way. Somebody with huge glasses and a big boil on their nose? <laughs> Seriously. Every woman's dream, kiss a DJ. Some guy who smells like last year's cheese. Oh, good God almighty. Tim Riley's working on the following stories on this Wednesday morning. Well, all kinds of Why things. do I keep saying Wednesday morning? I keep thinking it's Wednesday for some reason. Okay, it's Wednesday. The news department is not correcting me in my assertion that it is, in fact, Hey, if you out of three of us think that it's right, then it must be claim that it's Wednesday. I'm sorry. Tim Riley's working on the following stories. Two teens who were stabbed at the Lloyd Center. NASA stops testing its urine recycler. Two more Octo babies go home. A bride files a lawsuit for humiliation after spending her wedding night in jail. Fred Durst claims dating Britney was a fiasco of madness. Saudi clerics want to ban women from music and TV. And sea otters are back. Uh, around the corner, we'll also... I have... I think this may be the same guest that, uh, that Sarah was talking about, but I was offered a guest over the weekend from one of our, uh, one of our many fun uh, partners here in, uh, in promotion. And uh, so we'll uh, talk about that. We've got CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop coming up later. We'll talk about the top five hard rock albums of all time. And we'll be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. <laughs> It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It is Monday morning. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Still to come, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. We'll count down the top five hard rock albums of all time, and we're going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th, but you can win it today. We're also throwing in, yes... You've heard the rumors, and it's true. A canister of eco-friendly gaming wipes. That alone is really, uh, that makes the whole thing worthwhile. Uh, I love uh, that we have such a cool prize that you keep latching onto the eco-friendly gaming wipes. Because gaming wipes is just a funny phrase. It safely cleans all handheld electronics, and your hands too, Sarah. And one lucky grand prize winner will win the limited edition Metallica Death Magnetic Game Case. 
Not available for sale. Only 40 are being made. So that is today. We'll play Spot the Fake Metal lyrics sometime between now and the end of the program. It's 503-733-2970. And before we uh, go to the news desk, I should say... Was it now? Are you talking about Tom Arnold? Is that who somebody pitched you over the yes, weekend? Yes, and I I think that you would be hilarious. And what does yes. he promote it? Why Why is Tom Arnold suddenly back in the? Uh, is he back in the interview pool? You know, it doesn't say. I did, however. Please tell me it's Meet the Stupids too. No, but I did watch this show on CMT this weekend called uh, My Big Redneck Wedding. I totally know that show. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. It's hilarious, and he's the host of it, and he he does like drunken like inter, like commentary like in, during the interludes, and he's really funny. It's made for you, Tim. Really, it's a it's a show that screams Tim Riley. I watched a wedding between. I'm gonna like, check it out. Yeah, a guy named Gator and a woman named Lisa <laughs> at a um, at a monster truck rally, and he didn't want to wear a shirt underneath his overalls. Yeah. It was amazing. Here's the thing about Tom Arnold. I really am sort of undecided about that guy because on the one hand, on the one hand, you think he's just kind of a doof. On the other hand. You will see him every now and again. The problem with Tom Arnold is he acts just well enough and just often enough that you can't completely dismiss him. Uh, you know, and he kind of got overshadowed by the whole Roseanne thing for a while because, you know, she was just so crazy. And they were kind of, they were like a joint, they were like a crazy tag team couple. where They, they were, I think, the very definition of enabling. And they were just kind of making each other nuttier and nuttier. But I did get this email last night saying, hey, would you like to interview Tom Arnold? And the best part was that Lara was in the kitchen and I was kind of sitting on the couch waiting for my eco-friendly gaming wipes. I was on the couch kind of checking my email, and Lara was in the kitchen. She was chopping up something or other for dinner, and I actually just said to her, I shouted out, Hey, hey, honey, should I interview Tom Arnold? And she didn't even answer. She just looked over and just gave me just the, just the sourest look you can possibly imagine. Why? And she just went to the slow shake of the head and went back to chopping. What's wrong with Tom Arnold? I don't really know. But then again, I couldn't really tell you what's right with Tom Arnold. He, I don't, to be... he was making me laugh, I have to say, when I was watching that redneck thing. Like, he, he was... His comedy because he sounded like half drunk, and um, and he was just like really funny. He seemed like a everyman. Tim, how do you feel about interviewing Tom Arnold? I mean, not you I'm personally, but if we were to have him on the program. Okay, I guess he's going to guest star on ER. All oh. the more reason. Well, there you go. Why not? Okay. Well, let's Richie Bristol get me Tom Arnold. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy at the news desk. Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A uh, flip on his bicycle took today show host Matt Lauer off the air. Not that you'd be watching anyway. He was riding a bike when a deer jumped in his path. He flipped over the bike's handlebars due to the deer. He should be back to work tomorrow. Prosecutors may charge a woman with abuse of a corpse after police said they found her living with her deceased mother's corpse inside a hotel room. Uh, people complaining for days about the stench. Was the mother part of a zany DJ contest where she couldn't leave the hotel? I don't know, but the 62-year-old woman died, and the daughter just kept living in the hotel room. As a matter of fact, this body was decomposing for two weeks. So a professional cleaner was brought in from California to take care of the room. They're going to take out all the carpets, all the uh, padding, all the way to the subfloor, and make it all nice and clean again. Yeah, that's not going to work. You know, you can't even get cigarette smoke uh, out of a hotel room. You ever stay in a room that was clearly a smoking room at one yes. point and it's become mm-hmm. nonsense, but you can always tell. Yeah. Just like, do you ever go see somebody like, hey, do you have a cat? And they're like, well, no, but the guy before me had a cat. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the cat gunk or dander or whatever the hell it is, is just there. Can I just say, I don't know what dander is. Like whenever you talk about it, you go, well, I'm allergic to, uh, you know, to cats. They go, oh, it's because of the dander, you know. What is dander? I don't know. I don't know either. No one knows. That's a thing that everybody refers to. Nobody knows what it, exactly no, it like what it is. It was like dander and pollen. Was it, well, you know what pollen is, Well, though. no, no, I know what pollen is, but they're always kind of grouped together. Because they'll say, yeah, because they'll talk about how, uh, you know, different times of year, like cats shed. And, yeah, you know, the uh, carpet just gets full of that cat dander, and then it gets right into your tear ducts or something. So 
it's a thing that is referenced. Couldn't tell you, I couldn't pick dander out of a lineup. I would have no idea. Here's Tim Riley. So they find a dead woman in a hotel room. Is dander like dandruff? Is it like a, is it like if the cat has no. like a skin flakes or something? That would make sense. I, I don't think a cat would get dandruff. But I mean, that then could what? Be wrong. Then what is it? And is it in the air? If there's a cat that has, okay, let me ask you this. Is anybody here allergic to cats? No, but I just don't like them. Sarah? No, All right. See, I am. And I'm not allergic to a whole lot of things. I'm allergic to ragweed and cats, and that's it. But you go into somebody's house where there's a cat, and immediately, you know, your eyes, you get the swelling, and the, you know, your eyes are, like, watery, or they get red or whatever. And they will always say... It well, is a material shed from the body of various animals similar to dandruff. Aha! Uh-huh. Or pet pollen. In your face. Well, uh-huh. I'm wrong. So, it's, it's only Monday. so it seems like it must be uh, just a, a tiny little atomic-sized particles of cat or something that float around in the Ew. air. Yeah, it's just no good. And there's, it's, and there's none of those filters get rid of that. There's nothing. You'll see people that have got like that thing they bought at Costco for like $40 and some filter. They just run in the corner of the room where it does that jazz of like, it puts ions into the air to weigh down particles. Doesn't work. Is, really, the, if you've had a cat and the cat is not there anymore and you're trying to make the house sort of cat, the only thing you can do is just burn that thing to the ground and then rebuild. That's it. All right, here's Tim Riley. So in answer to your question, you can have an alligator, monkey, wolf, lion, tiger, or bear in Oregon. The state Senate is considering a bill that will prevent you from owning such animals as pets. Oregon is one of 22 states that does not currently prevent you from owning exotic animals, although you do need a permit. Washington imposed a strict ban two years ago. Now, if the bill passes, those who currently have exotic animals, such as alligators, monkeys, wolves, lions, tigers, and bears, could keep them but not breed or replace them. So you'd be, so like if you had a bear or something, who has a bear? I you, don't know. But it would be grandfathered in? Yeah. Okay, what, what is the list again of exotic animals that you might be able to own, Tim? Exotic animals. Alligators, monkeys, wolves, lions, tigers, and bears. So you could you own, can own a tiger? You could own a lion? Sure. And it says monkey. Right, is that sort of a catch-all term? Like, does that mean like I a... Gu- I guess so. As, a, as, as Inspector Clouse, I would say, does that mean a chimpanzee monkey? I suppose so, but I have a two-page fact sheet of recent uh, monkey attacks. All right, hold on. Did, hold on. Richie, did you just say that you know a guy who has a chimpanzee? The chimpanzee drinks beer or the guy? The chi- like it's not possible that <laughs> it could be both? I think you can come to the end of that uh, sentence your, yourself. All right, please come in the studio, Richie. All right. Richie's claiming he just typed on the screen, I can get you a chimpanzee if you want one. And, of course, the answer is, is in fact, that we, uh, that we do want one. All right, let's uh, welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show, our intrepid PA, Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. Good morning. How are you? Good. Okay, who do you know that has a chimpanzee? Well, remember when we were over at Intercom, uh, I did this bar appearance, and there was this chimp that drank beer. He got, like, belligerent, and he would grab breasts and stuff like that. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, he would a throw beers. A breast-grabbing drunken chimpanzee. Yeah, like you're sure it was a chimp. It wasn't like a weekend or something. It was a monkey. Wait, okay, so... the difference. What, but... but you were at a... So you were at a bar, and uh-huh. the, was the chimpanzee the property of the bar? No, it was this one guy, and he, he was like a friend of the bar, and he had a bunch of scratches. He, he Remember, you, out. you talked to him on the phone. You interviewed him. I, it's all, you know, everything from Intercom is just such a blur. I don't remember anything from working there. So so he's not, so the chimpanzee doesn't belong to the bar. It belongs to a guy who is a friend of the bar. Yeah, so he gets to bring the, you know, monkey in, because everybody gets to sit there and laugh and watch it get drunk and mad at everybody else. <laughs> and then one day, the laughter stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um... So please, don't, so you, the, you, the monkey gets angry, or the chimp gets angry and drunk. Yeah, it's domestic violence by the monkey. That's it. Right. Uh, so you, <laughs> so don't identify the bar, but do you still know the guy? Do you know the guy who has the chimp? Yeah, I think I went there like, I don't know, a few months ago, and I went and played darts, and I remember we were talking. You were about playing this. darts with a chimpanzee? No, I wanted to see the chimpanzee, but I didn't. 
I'm not going to be around that thing when it's drunk. It's they showed me scratches and oh and god, it, it just gets drunk like you know, like a drunken. Uh, do they give the Do they give the chimp beer or does the chimp like have access to the? Does it have fridge rights? Well, they well, have I think to give it service. <laughs> well, now it loves the beer so much it has to go actually get its beer or it'll take it from me or something. That's what I was getting. Like if you don't give it beer, it gets angry and like hungover and like poops wow. all over the place and stuff. <laughs> so it's an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. Angry chimp. Here's the thing. First of sure, all, let bring, me, it, bring it right in. Let me just <laughs> clarify for the record. We're, we're never bringing the chimpanzee to CBS, and I'm not going there. But I do feel like we ought to somehow we ought to somehow get a camera into that place to sort of yeah, kind of want to take a look a at it. A monkey yeah, cam. That's exactly. But it's like it's not going to be me doing it. It's not going to be anybody who works for CBS. But we should try to get a uh, we should try to get somebody there to sort of film it because I'm curious. Where, where does he live exactly? Uh, just right here in Portland? No, it's out like Oregon City. No, oh, well that explains a lot. Hey, right? we can monkey call the, country. It's yeah, life is cheap out It'd there. It'd be anyway. called the drunk monkey. Ah, instead of the drunk monkey. All right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, okay. I see what you did there. All right. Thank you. Don't do that. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Please stop. That was just too crazy. Love of God. Fifty-three-year-old right. man still in the hospital two days after being stung by a couple thousand bees. Uh, they're calling this the worst bee attack around Las Vegas in 20 years. These are African killer bees. The man is in stable condition. Uh, what happened? He was stung on the face, arms, neck, back, and firefighters uh, sprayed bees off him with a hose. While not native to the U.S., killer bees are often well-established in southern Nevada. This is in uh, Las Vegas? Pa-rump. Pa-rump. Um I thought that killer bees were one of those things that they were always talking about that weren't actually here or anywhere. I know. They always threaten killer bees are coming. But, I mean, don't they always, like, every year, isn't it like, no, no, the killer bees are going to be here in, like, a month mm-hmm. and a half. And it's like they're all – and there's always this scary graphic that shows where it's, like, Hurricane Edna or something. But it's, like, a big red cloud of killer bees headed towards – the scowl on the bee's face and red eyes. <laughs> Carrying a blackjack. Yeah. So they're uh, not so much killer bees, right? If he's b- was stung like 2,000 times and yeah. still alive. Hey, that's a good it's point. A bluff, really. yeah. I would say that that's a colloquialism at best, Tim. That's a that's a, that's a euphemistic term for these bees. Uh-huh. They're really just sort of minor inconvenience. He was stung 2,000 <laughs> times? Yes. Yeah, it's a minor inconvenience, minor inconvenience bee. bee. I would say it's just, yeah, it's... Uh, so somebody had to count those. I would say it's a... I would say it's a putting a pall over part of your afternoon kind of bee. And they said, the fact that they said, quote... Stung by a couple thousand doesn't really sound like a scientific estimate. No. All right. I'm calling shenanigans on this story. I, there are no bees. Here's Tim Riley. So a whole bunch of people got on uh, Fox yesterday and said we shouldn't be too hasty about demanding that the AIG people give back those bonuses. We need to pause and think this out and see what the effect of this would be. Nobody wants to award taxpayers' money to people who have caused uh, institutions to fail. So there. Oh, by the way, the, the uh, New York State Attorney General can name names if he wants to. Apparently, uh, Attorney General Andrew Como has received information about the $160 million in bonuses, which I hear were even more than originally thought. So now he, he says 11 people who received these retention bonuses of over $1 million are no longer working for the company. So uh, once they got the bonuses, they just left. Well, I'm, so, I'm uh, kind of confused about this whole thing because on the one hand, were these bonuses that were paid with taxpayer money? Yes. But on the other hand, it's like the company, like if the employees had a contract stipulating mm-hmm. that they were to be paid, right? Yes. So Even if they didn't do well. But I mean, it's like, I, I really, I just don't know how to feel about that. I, mean, I don't want to pay for it, but on the other hand, it's like... Well, too late. It's already been paid for. But that's what I'm saying. People are like, well, they should have to give it back. But it's like, but if you work for a you know, let's say you work for a company and the company says, well, look, we're going to pay you. And then the company runs out of money and the government bails them out. 
Well, like if you got a contract that says you got to get paid, then you still got to get paid. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm not necessarily a big fan of handing a bunch of bonuses to them. But on the other hand, if they signed a contract, like you're all, people are always bitching about how, uh, you know, about how the company never follows through on their end of things when when times get difficult or whatever. But I mean, if they sign a contract with people offering, you know, telling them they're going to pay them or give them bonuses, it seems like they are going to live up to their end of the deal somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, what's the and it's money down a freaking rat hole anyway. What do we care? I mean, what, like I mean, that's the other thing. Like, who cares if it's for bonuses? If like you're ever going to see any of that money, but we're just throwing it into a furnace anyway. Who are we kidding? Yeah. Like, like the rest of it was somehow going to be used to to set the company upright and to cure all of its financial ills. That's clearly a lie. So I mean, look, I mean, good money after bad is good money after bad. I mean, money into a sewer is money into a sewer. Richie claims that this is a fantastic call. Hello, I hi. I was going to say it's a monkey call. You're on the uh, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Good morning to you. Hi. Hello, sir. Uh, <laughs> Momentum I, right out of the gate. Yes. Hi, you're on the radio speaking to thousands go. of people. How can I help you? Uh, I was. I've just been. Um, I've been hearing about Guitar Hero Metallica all this morning for hours. For hours. And I was interested in it. What specific aspects of the game are you interested in, sir? Winning it. My voice sounds scary on the radio. All right. Thanks so much for calling. Richie, during the break, we're going to have a discussion about what exactly creates a compelling phone call. So uh, block out some time for that, would you please? Thanks so much. And then a beating right afterward. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's... Boy, you weren't lying. Richie has a serious funk on him this morning. Oh, my God. He smells so bad. What did you call it? B.O. of the mouth? Yes. He's, like, in his room eating raw onions. It's like a whole garden full of onions. Why it would he be... so bad. By the way, for people who aren't familiar with Richie Bristol, who is our, uh, our production assistant here who screens your calls and handles the podcast and whatever, Richie doesn't have any sense of smell, which isn't... I'm, and I don't mean that like when I said, like, ah, guy, guy, he has no sense of fashion. I mean, there, he has no olfactory receptors in his nose. He has a, There was a chemical accident some years ago, and so Richie has no sense of smell, which is a thing that, like, if you just made it up, nobody would ever believe it because it just seems so patently ridiculous, but it is, in fact, true. Um, so, but the upshot of that is he never knows when he reeks, and apparently today is one of those days. Why? Okay. I could smell it when he came in before, but I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just imagining it oh. because he was across the room. I'm like, no. But, I mean, even assuming that he can't smell it, why would he just be eating raw onions? It's not like they're that good for you. I mean, there's a lot of things you could eat. Why, he what was is eating the... them in a salad. Sounds like a pilot for a sitcom. <laughs> Seriously, he's the guy that can't smell straight. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, wacky ideas, Tim, mm-hmm. here we have in the Handbook of Radio Publicity and Promotion by Jack W. McDonald from 1965. Oh, no. Susan Reynolds uh, lent this to us. This, this, this is a, uh, this is a uh, 330 pages of ideas to get your radio station a little uh, publicity and therefore ratings. From page 227, this is called The Drought Breakers Promotion. Uh, this is uh, for if it goes for a long time without raining in your town, where perhaps it's, uh, it's just become dry and dusty. Tim, have your air personalities produce a mock Indian rain chant to be used periodically throughout the day. Tell your listeners that one of your DJs has been studying Indian rainmaking techniques. Dress this DJ up in an Indian costume. Get him an Indian drum. Have him do a rain dance outside your studio or in a central location in town every hour throughout the day. Should his face be painted red? Well, Tim, I suppose that's up to the discretion of the individual broadcaster. Probably depends on budget. Invite your listeners to bring any 
rain-making devices they may have to the station to be used to help bring on the deluge. Whenever you give a weather report throughout the day, be it fair, sunny, or what have you, follow with the statement that you are predicting rain. So there you go. Uh, the teasers the day before the promotion should uh, state that you are predicting rain all day tomorrow, followed by said Indian rain dance. There you go. It's uh, 503-733-2970. Just a couple brief updates here. We had the speed pimping guy on last, what was it, yes. last Thursday, Wednesday? Uh-huh. That was a classic interview. Boy, the speed pimping guy, two things. One, he told me he liked my hair. <laughs> everywhere I went on Friday at the Battlestar Galactica series finale, about which we will talk more in a bit, everywhere I went at the Baghdad, people were coming up to me, and they were, they were like, I like your hair and the weather and whatnot, and then just started running away. So the whatnot thing from the speed pimping guest is immediately... Uh, it's immediately sort of caught on with any number of people. Two, somebody looked further into the speed pimping guy who claims to have a three-book deal. They are, in fact, all through a self-publishing firm. They're all just as we – and I think we made that prediction when we first talked to him. The pimping press. No, because he pimped we, us. We, that we, well, because we were, when we were talking to the guy, we, he, he seemed to be on the verge of losing his composure and just breaking down into laughter all the time. And after the interview, we were sort of speculating that, well, maybe he didn't really expect anybody to actually book him. Like maybe he was kind of caught off guard or surprised that anybody was taking his, his jazz seriously. And it turns out that that probably was the case because they were all through some vanity press company. It's like one of those things where you send off your poetry and then they have a guy read it over some music and then they send it back so you can say that you have a record out. This is just some place where you send off your garbage and then they, they bind it into a book and they send it to you. So that is, in fact, the speed pivot. Oh, like song poems. He, that's exactly what it is. So he's a published author, but only in the sense that he basically paid like a Kinko's to bind up his book and publish it, and then we had him on the air. Well done, Rick Emerson Well, he's show. an enterprising fellow. He really is. You've got to respect that, though. Ain't that American. And I do. All right, it's 503-733-2970 at the news desk. It's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. More than a dozen are killed in Montana plane crash. That plane was chartered from an Oregon company. The pilot of that FedEx plane that burst into flames landing in Tokyo was from Hillsborough. Three teens, make that two teens, were stabbed at the Lloyd Center over the weekend. President Obama taking a heat in some circles for giggling during a 60 Minutes interview. How do you deal with it? I mean, wh- explain the, the well, your mood and your laughter. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be... Are you punch drunk? No, no, there's got to be a little gallows humor to get you through the day. <laughs> I'm crazy. A Fort Myers man plans to be the first blind man to sail around the world. In August of 2010, he plans to sail 2,400 miles around the world in order to become the first legally blind man to hold that record. Then, a new public service announcement is using the alleged domestic abuse incident involving Chris Brown and Rihanna to raise awareness of violence during dating. Here's part of that PSA. He picked up his cell phone and read a text message from a woman he had a previous relationship with. A verbal argument ensued. He reached over to her to open the car door and attempted to force her out. When he could not, he shoved her head against the passenger window of the vehicle, causing a circular contusion. She turned to face him and he punched her. That's like when a uh, wackiness ensues, but it's more of like a whacking that ensues. Uh, by the way, uh, our good friend uh, Brent Brizendine, who uh, works across the hall engineering this very fine radio program, has put together this. She picked up his cell phone and read a text message from a woman he had a previous relationship with. A verbal argument ensued. He reached over to her to open the car door and attempted to force her out. I think we're, cl- I think we're in the ballpark he here. her head against the passenger window of the vehicle, causing a circular con- she turned to face him and you know, it makes the PSA a little peppier. He shoved her head against the window. He punched her. Well done, Brett. All right. 
I'm just saying, if you want young ladies to pay attention so like, to a message. Chris Brown? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. So, uh, uh, I mean, you know, so that's that's certainly one way you can go. So I'm thinking that... Uh, it sticks in my head. Well, see, but I'm, I'm, you, got to, you have to make things accessible, Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, because today's uh, youths are not going to, you know, this is some guy talking about something, just a dry voice, flat read like a PSA. That's a tune-out. This, however... This is the sort of thing that might make you reach over and turn the radio up because you want to hear exactly what it is. And then it not only entertains, Tim, it educates and informs. I was also thinking that there's some sort of an OnStar commercial to be made out of, the, uh, out of it, too, where it's, you know, where, but it's like, but it would be from, but it would be from Chris, Chris Brown's alleged point of view, where it was it's sort of a, um, I don't have like a Pro Tools or anything in front of me where I could whip this up during a break, but it'd be sort of like a, OnStar, please state your emergency. Yeah, my car's covered in blood and teeth. You know, and... How did that happen? And then, you know, and then he sort of relays the entire incident. All right, just a thought. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Fred Durst is talking about his 2003 romance with Britney Spears. The Limp Bizkit frontman describes her relationship, which she was... Well, she never really acknowledged as a fiasco of madness. I guess at the time it was taboo for a guy like me to be associated with a gal like her. I look back on it, it was very interesting in terms of how things were sort of unraveling in her sense. Still, I'm a supporter. I was then. I guess I am now. Somebody told me that Limp Bizkit is... the Poirier is... still talking about her? Yes. Uh, From I, 2003. I guess they're doing some kind of a... Are they touring again? Is there... Yes. Did I read that the other day? <laughs> Limp Bizkit's actually going to be on the road. They're returning this summer, and the band members have a full-on passion for what they're doing. Fred Dursk says even after some downtime, the group is still reaching for new heights. Limp Bizkit is awesome. And it's amazing. And I'm not an elephant in the room. I love what we did, and I'm glad we got perspective. We're tighter and better than we ever were, and we know we can live our lives without Limp Bizkit. We don't need it for money. We don't need it to support ourselves. We're going to do it this summer because we're passionate about it. Yes, is, you do need it for money, you jackass. Is he reading, like, Tony Robbins' affirmations or something? This yeah. sounds like... A book on tape. The, I'm just, that's the other thing I was going to say. It sounds like he's reciting something behind a microphone uh, for the Limp Biscuit autobiography. You know what that is? That's like when you write something on your mirror in dry erase marker, and then you recite it to yourself six times before breakfast so that it, you know, it weaves itself into your brain, then you become more successful. That's kind of what he's doing there. That is a, uh, a before-bed affirmation. Time for a geek watch. Well done. Here's your geek watch from Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. It's a double two. High-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Quasar dilemma, remember you used just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux. Now just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no. Did you ever God see the Fred Durst like the shit. the sex tape he did with you that blonde it? girl? No. There it is. I have a his face though. No, just real quickly here before we do the geek watch. So. I I did watch that, just like I watched the Gene Simmons sex tape. I don't know why. Think of how much brain power all of us have wasted on watching celebrities have sex, which you always think is going to be interesting, and it never is. And there must be something. Maybe that's kind of the trade-off, is like you become a celebrity, but you lose any sort of like sexual ability at all. Because you like watch Paris Hilton, and you just... That's a woman who is completely and totally uninterested in the job at hand. Do you know what I mean? That is a... Uh, she could not possibly have less personal investment in, uh, in in taking care of things there. Yeah, I saw that one. That was boring. It really, it's like you were watching something in the Hall of Presidents. You know what I mean? Where, like, Lincoln says, welcome to the Hall of Presidents. And Paris Hilton says, ooh, baby, let, let me service you. And then it's, but it's, it's like, equally unconvincing. And, and then Gene Simmons, same thing, but with, like, a bad sort of wig and, like, a beer gut. Um, the only sex tape from a celebrity I ever saw that was ever any good at all was uh, Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee. That's a woman who really knows how to, uh, that's a woman, who, she knows how to, uh, 
She knows how to bring it home. That's all I'm saying. That's a, I th- never saw that one. That is a woman who knows how to get uh, from point A to point Z. That's she because uh, something worth doing is worth doing well, and she takes that seriously. Uh, but uh, but the, the, the the Fred Durst one is like the most horrifying and angry because first of all the girl's stunningly hot, which just makes you angry. You're watching it because at first and at first you can't. I I will. I don't want to work blue here since we're in the you know since we're in a family radio station, but. He's holding one of those, like, I, you know, you always call them handy cams or whatever it is. You know, like the, little, the little video camera that fits in the palm of your hand. And all you can see at one point is, like, the girl's ponytail. It's like the back of her head. Oh, God. Um, and that's it. And it's like the ponytail jostling around. You're like, all right, well, what am I? Okay, whatever. It, and then at one point, like, they're in front of a mirror. I mean, it's, well, you have to ask yourself, like, exactly how many ways does this guy need to see himself and his own corpulent, sweaty body, like, at one time? So it's like, first of all, he's actually there, like in real life, having relations. Like, that's one. Two, it's on camera. Three, they're in front of a mirror. I mean, unless there's other, like, little dirt. How low of self-esteem does that girl have to have? Well, you know, I mean, I guess he's a, you know, he's a rock star of some some mm. stature or whatever. I mean, you're you're not the no average idiot, money. Sarah. Well, yeah. but see, but that's you. You're, you know, because you're not, you're not brainless. I don't think a lot of people would hump Fred Durst. He's just, like, looks... So sweaty and gross. He does. He doesn't. Doesn't he look like he's kind of slimy? Mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like he has a thin sheen of grease on him all the time. But so at one point though, the camera is facing directly at the mirror, so you see the girl's face, and she's. And I mean, she's a knockout. And so then you're sitting there, kind of being angry and sort of embittered about your own about your own existence. The worst part though, and it's a real relative statement when you're talking about a Fred Durst sex tape. The worst part, I swear to God, at one point he takes the camera and he turns it around. And he aims the camera at his own face while he's, like, humping it out with his girl. That's what I've seen the still of. And then he does what I can only describe as that, in Bigger Than Jesus, I called it the the sign of universal dude acknowledgement. It's that thing where you jerk your head upward like a, hey, man. Like when you pass a guy in the hallway, but you're not good enough friends to really talk. Like, you don't want to say, like, how was your day, Bob? I do that all the time. Yeah, where you pass. Yeah, you. (laughs) Hey, man. Hey, man. You pass a guy, and you just kind of go, and you jerk your chin up a little bit. Almost almost like you've got a... uh, it's almost like you're catapulting something off your off your lower lip, but he does that to the camera, and then you wonder like, who was this tape made for? Is it made for a future Durst who will be watching this? Is it like, hey, it's past me having sex with this hot girl? Hello, future me, check out how awesome we are, or is it like for we the internet viewers, or is it for the girl, or is it for persons unknown who are going to watch the tape, or is it just to like future historians? You know what I mean? Attention, archaeologists of the 29th century. I am Fred Durst. I behold, used to be able to hump hot chicks. <laughs> behold my carnal relation skills. Hey, man. Uh, you know, at that point, I just had to close the browser. He doesn't even look like he'd be any good at doing the carnal relations. Um, no, he... Uh, Does she seem to be enjoying herself? That's a guy who is... He's trying to do more with less. Let's put it that oh. way. Uh, here's Tim Riley with your Double Geek Watch. A poll started by irate Facebook users has shown that the overwhelming majority reject the new layout adopted by the social networking it website. Sucks. Does it? Mm-hmm. What have they the done? Place? What it's is confusing. the change? I don't know. It's, it's hard to put into words. It's just really confusing. I mean, because you said that you couldn't see status updates as easily anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't tell if something's a comment or if somebody has changed, like, their, um, like their whatever their little statement thing well, is. Apparently, they're trying to be more like the Twitter. Uh, experts say that the Facebook could be looked to make the website more real-time in nature. It's left more users furious. Do you understand anything you're reading? I know what the Facebook is. Okay. I've seen Twitter. All right. So I've seen them both. The uh, all I know about Facebook is they've had a real bad couple months of it because they did that terms of service change mm-hmm. about a month ago and they just got excoriated for it. They actually got such a backlash they changed them back. They reverted to the old terms of service. 
Then, of course, they had the thing where they were revealing, like, every time you'd buy a flogger or something last mm-hmm. year, it would, like, tell everybody, you, you know, you knew. It, you know, Richie, That's why I stayed away from it for so long. Seriously, Richie Bristol just bought a Hello Kitty vibrator, you know, or what? Nobody just, would be surprised. No, nobody would, but, I mean, it's just, I'm just saying, especially because like, if you're, uh, there was the whole worry that if you were browsing for something or other, in other words, you're looking around, you know, like if you know, you're on Amazon and you're looking for the Velvet album, uh, Velvet Underground album Vibrator or something, and then it all just sort of goes wrong. Was mm-hmm. it Velvet Underground? Who had the album Vibrator? Or is it Public Image Limited? There's a joke I'm trying to make there, and it's all falling apart because I can't reference the band correctly. And don't right. you remember, like, somebody had purchased a engagement ring for somebody online, that story? That's right, at a discount store. They at bought an engagement store. ring at, like, a, like a half-off place. But it said on their Facebook wall, you know, so-and-so just bought a diamond. At so-and-so doesn't care enough to spend two months' salary. Here's Tim Riley. Part two. We Play is the uh, U.S. $50 game that comes packaged with a Wii Remote. They have joined fellow hardware packing Wii Sports as the only games from this hardware generation to sell more than 10 million copies in the U.S. Wii Play, which was last year's top-selling game despite the fact that it came out in early 2007, only cost $10 more than the standalone Wii Remote, which has likely been the impetus for many a purchase. Somebody told me that that, is it Wii Sports or the Wii that is the best-selling video game of all time now? All right. Is it maybe it's Wii Play? What exactly? What, does anybody know what the Wii Play is? How is that different from Wii Sports? I don't know. I've don't only know. played the bowling game. I only play the tennis game, and I get unbelievably angry when I do so. Oh, um, I'm sore the next day after I do the bowling game. Oh man, no! I was over at Aaron's house, and we were playing the Wii uh, tennis, and it's like I was getting all Bjorn Borg uh, on him, or maybe John McEnroe. Because when you think about it, all you have to really move is your hand. You know, you're just sitting there, to, you just move your wrist around, and as long as you can move your wrist, I mean, you could be in a wheelchair uh, and play that game. But, of course, when I'm leaping up and I'm just smashing into the ceiling tiles and I'm trash-talking, I'm all sweating and gross and whatever. But I think whatever the whatever the default system that comes with the Wii is, whether it's uh, the Wii Play, which I guess is maybe, that's sort of like the Duck Hunt Super Mario Brothers maybe of the Wii, that I think is now officially the best-selling video game of all time. And it's because it's packaged with all of the Wii systems all over the world. And not just here, but in Europe, in Asia, uh, everywhere. Uh, which is, so it's sort of it's bundled in, which means that it's, it's kind of like in every home. So mm-hmm. the Wii is pretty good. And here's how you know that the Wii is just killing everybody else in terms of sales. Because when they talk about video game console rankings, all they ever talk about is PlayStation and Xbox. They don't even factor the Wii into it because the Wii is just, uh, is just slaughtering everybody. Uh, it's like the Xbox and uh, PS3 are just sort of slugging it out for second place, because the Wii is so far ahead. All right. Yeah, fantastic. By the way, one final note here before we close out the Geek Watch. Jim Roop from uh, CNN Radio Los Angeles around the corner later on. The top five hard rock albums of all time, and we'll uh, place, uh, fa- uh, spot the uh, fake metal lyrics for Guitar Hero Metallica. My final observation is, although I don't ever give up my gamer tag uh, for Xbox 360, because then it's like, you know, it's like everybody wants to, you know, wants to play Left 4 Dead, then you got to be a jerk and start saying no to people, and I want to do that. But... I didn't realize this, that when you're on uh, Xbox Live, that if you add one person as a friend, that you can see... In other words, if you it's like MySpace, where if you look at somebody's Xbox Live account, you can see who all of their friends are. So because I added one person... This is why you should never make friends. I added one friend, and now there's like 800 people that have all added me, because it was like a daisy chain. You know, it's like I added Aaron, basically. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of people saw went to Aaron, and they saw, oh, hey, Rick Emerson, click, and they added me. And now everybody who's gone to their account, it's like then they have seen in so now. Can you make yourself like invisible or anything? Maybe. I'm going to have to figure out what to do. Not that I'm antisocial, but I'm antisocial. You're antisocial. Well, it's like I log on. You're in the comfort of your own home. And people should know that about you. Even when when I'm trying to be completely anonymous and kill zombies with 12-year-olds, I I just, uh, you know, suddenly... And it's always... 
you know, and it's always somebody with a weird, uh, you know, giggling butt donkey wants to play Left for Dead, yes or no? And you're kind of like, fine, tell giggling butt donkey I'll play Left for Dead because you don't wish to offend. These are problems that nobody, you know, Neanderthal man didn't have these problems. This is, uh, these are vexations of the modern day, Tim and Sarah. You don't care. That's your geek watch. It's the uh, Rick Emerson show. Hammer by the sons of Warvan. I shall avenge you. Next. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. It is Monday morning still to come. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, uh, as well as Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. Your chance to win a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th. We're going to be giving that away uh, every day this week. Let's see. Uh, still to come as well on the news front, a taser watch. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk a little bit about the Battlestar Galactica. The series finale aired this past Friday at the Baghdad. This, however, at the news desk is Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. More than a dozen who killed in a Montana plane crash. The plane was chartered from an Oregon company. The pilot of that FedEx plane that burst into flames landing in Tokyo was from Hillsboro. Two teens were stabbed over the weekend at the Lloyd Center. What's the Octo Mom up to? Two of those Octo kids went home. The police were able to block off the streets, the a pretty big street, and then our street on the cul-de-sac. And that was just, it was fantastic and just really, really safe. And I had no anxiety and no worry. All you kids posting your videos on the YouTube, if you used a Warner Music song in that video, it's probably been removed. Warner Music is on the warpath trying to get rid of all that stuff. Pirates of Southern California worried about debauchery at a defunct amusement park. This is in uh, Orange County, apparently. It was called the Pharaohs. Oh, the Pharaohs. These kids are having raves, and now they want to restrict these raves to kids 18 and up. Are, ha- are yes. kids still having raves, really? Yes, they are. Is that a thing that in 2009 is actually taking place? Well, the, the problem sorry? is... I don't really think those existed anymore. Well, these are raves for kids 12 and up. One dad is upset that his 14-year-old daughter snuck off to one of these all-night raves. When he showed up... He was shocked to find thousands of kids, some of their underwear, all doing drugs. I, he found his daughter two days later recovering from an ecstasy binge. She was with a 40-year-old man from Denver who frequents these types of parties. I don't think this is a representative experience, perhaps. I mean, I'm just I'm not saying that this story didn't actually take place, but mm-hmm. having a rave in 2009, it does seem very much like, it, it's like, you know, these kids with their sock hops or jamborees or something or other. I, uh... I'm not entirely sure that this uh, that this story has all you know the facts right, but you know what do I know? All right. I don't care if it has the facts; it's interesting. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> right, Tim. That is the motto of CBS News. Well done. NASA has called off tests of the International Space Station's urine recycler after problems developed, and a revamp plans for today's spacewalk to fix an improperly installed cargo platform attachment. The primary goal of Discovery's flight was to deliver and install the station's last set of solar panels, which they did. And uh, no more talk about this uh, urine recycler. Apparently, they, they've given up on it. So this is on the sp- this is on the space station. Engineers are trying to find out why a water filtration system that recycles urine and condenses it into uh, drinking water is not working properly. So they installed a new doohickey to the uh, whatchamacallit that was successfully tested without liquids, but problems developed in the test run. Uh, once you close valve number three, it didn't seem to flow. <laughs> I have. <laughs> 
And how do you imagine this problem was discovered? I don't know. This water seems to have a rather brackish taste to it this morning. I I wonder if there's some sort of sedimentary buildup inside the pipes, Yuri. Why don't you go? Uh, why don't you go inspect this? Thank, thank goodness for what you get from Mother Russia. It's better than what we get in Moscow. <laughs> in my country, I don't have a Yakov Smirnov joke there, but it feels like I should. All right, this, I, raise your hand if you knew that they were recycling urine into drinking water. I did. Did you really? Yes. See, that's the thing that I always joke about, but I thought that... But I joked about it because it just seemed so insane. Like, it didn't seem like a thing they would actually be doing. I mean, I... I and we talked before about how I, I know that all the water on the, in the world is really recycled. I mean, every time you're drinking water anywhere, out of the tap or out of a bottle of water or whatever, I mean, you're... I mean, it's all just... It's a closed system. There's only so much water to go around. But I didn't really think they had, like, a pump or something that uh, that actually did that at this point. Well, I guess science does does march forward. Let's do uh, one more, and then we'll speak to Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Who watches Celebrity Apprentice? Well, with that in mind, let's talk about it even more. Uh, as a result of what happened, whatever that was, Jordan Rivers and reality star Kilo Kasadian found themselves in the boardroom. Unfortunately, somebody had to go home, as Donald Trump announced on this year's program. I believe you have an amazing future. I think you're totally beautiful. You're going to be a big star. But I'm sorry, Claudia, you're fired. Then Dennis Rodman snaps at country star Clint Black and swears. Hey, Clint Black. This <laughs> <laughs> you think you're the right, bro? Do you think no, no, you think you're the right, bro? You think this? No, no, you think you're the right, bro? Oh my God! Think this is gonna help? Oh, you man! First I thought he was joking. <laughs> then, oh my God, he's really serious. You think you're deep, Kevin? You think you know every thing? Oh, I forgot, but it's a team, the team game. I don't even know what's going on in this clip, but I love it. To get the she picked up his cell phone and read a text message from a woman he had a previous relationship with. Brent, I think you know what you he need to do. Her to open the car door and attempted to force her out. When he could not, he shoved her head against the passenger window of the vehicle, causing a circular contusion. She turned to face him, and he punched her. All right. Yes, I think all the components are there for a fantastic public service announcement. Let's welcome now to the... Uh, for the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent, James Roop. Good morning, James Good Roop. Good morning. How are you, sir? Okay, thank you. Um, God, so this 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 thing that had went down in, in Oakland uh, on Saturday, I mean, just it came out of nowhere. They they what is what is it? They they pulled this guy over because um, they initially pulled him over because he was because he was speeding. It was just like a general traffic stop. Well, it was a traffic stop, and there's there's no real indication yet, anyway, exactly why the officers pulled him over. I don't know if it was speeding. At least I haven't heard whether it was speeding or if he had a broken taillight. I mean, who knows what it was? But this guy just opened fire and killed both those uh, both those motorcycle cops, and then uh, took off running. Got hold up in a building, some tip to SWAT, alerted SWAT to that location. Two SWAT officers go in. He opened fire on both of them. Jesus. And then, uh, you know, the, the guy himself is the guy dead, or is he in He's custody? Dead, yeah, no, he All was right. shot and killed. Yeah. Good God. I mean, it was it was a bad. I mean, they said it was actually the worst day in the history of the Oakland PD. Yeah, and, uh, and the worst in California law enforcement history since 1970. Really. Yeah, was, so about 30 years. And there was no... So was the guy... Um, I, I think you, you may have actually said that you said they didn't, weren't, you weren't sure why they, they pulled him over, but the right. guy clearly was... I mean, he was sort of bad news to begin with, right? Well, I mean, the guy know, was something Jerry Brown said. Uh, Jerry Brown, who's the who's state attorney general and, and one-time mayor of Oakland, said that, yeah, the problem is the way prisoners are released in the state, some 10,000 a month are released, hundreds of them in the Oakland area. They say they're going to live in one place, 
yet they go they live in another. So there's no real and the parole board uh, doesn't like the police uh, uh, interfering in their business, you know, hunting down these suspects right. so on and so forth of these parolees. They said there needs to be a real integrated system. He'll be definitely talking to the governor about that, and it's been a sore point with him for a long time. And it took, you know, it's like you don't put a traffic light at the intersection until somebody gets killed. It's the same thing with here. At least that's that's his sort of theory, anyway. Is that hopefully finally some sort of integrated system between law enforcement, the parole board, the prison system. So you say that they're letting the, there's ten thousand people a month being released at that, and that's probably everything, right? That's people who yeah, served their time, people are paroled, yeah. people are you know. Yeah, that's from petty theft to, um, and they're not all felons that are being released. You know, those ten thousand. Well, but, that's just got to be a thankless job, though. If you're like you know, if you're like a parole officer, or you're some guy who's you know in charge of checking up on some jackass to make sure that he's not you know brewing meth in his bathtub as soon as he gets out of prison. I mean, that's just, there's just not enough money in the world for that. I can't even ima- I can't imagine what a soul crushing job that must be. Oh, I know. I hear you. It's uh. The whole, I wouldn't want to work in corrections anyway. Oh, God, I, mean, no. I, have a, I have a brother-in-law who uh, worked in corrections for a long time while he was uh, in the police academy there or the uh, sheriff's academy uh, back in Ohio. So it's a thankless job, you know. And, and then even if you become a, a, a county sheriff in California, anywhere in California, you have to work two years in the jail system first before you can hit the streets. And, so, you know, of course, it seems like working in the jail system probably just uh... – I don't know. It seems like it probably just puts a little bit of a stain on you anyway. Well, that's that you're where just, you harden you know, up, I'll bet. I yeah. mean, that's where you, so you, you know, so you don't take any crap from anybody when you get out of the street. That's probably a brilliant method. You know, harden them up with the idiots already in jail. So every time you stomp somebody, you just don't take any crap. You know? <laughs> Um, I thought you said every time you stomp somebody for a moment there. Um, the but just real quickly, on a wholly separate note, Tim Riley handed this to me. Did you see this thing about tar oozing out of a manhole cover on Wilshire Boulevard? Yeah, but that's near the La Brea Tar Pits. I mean, there's is that the sort of thing that oozing. happens pretty frequently, where yeah. tar just sort of spurts out of the ground? Yeah, that's what. It's see, been that, going on for billions of years. You don't get that here in Portland. That's a little bit of a that's a bit of a local amusement that you guys get down there. That you know, what it is? that's that's like I mean, a, it's definitely an inconvenience. That's like part of the purchase price. That's like a door prize for moving to, to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Included in your move to California will be this. Occasionally, uh, tar and mammoth bones will just spray out of one of the manhole covers. You know, and what's what's weird, too, is they just discovered some other gigantic creature underneath that that tar pit there. I mean, they're constantly finding. It's like, you know, even back then, everybody came to California, you know, for <laughs> Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they wanted to hear KMET, <laughs> sir. Um, hey, thank you. Hey, it's what I do, you know. Cause Beautiful. K- it was, you know, right nearby there, actually. So, oh, and I know you. I know you're like way, way over this, and you're beyond caring. But now half the Octo kids are home, I guess. Yes, they um, are. And the mom, boy, that mom. I'm just saying. First of all, we all know she's crazy. Mm-hmm. It, she's not just crazy; she's irritating, and she also just seems to. Uh, she's crazy, but she also seems to be. Just not all. She seems to be kind of spacey and just not altogether focused. In other words, not just nuts, but sort of nuts and kind of drifting off every right. now and no, again. Right. No, no. And, and that's you know, in, in the few times that I've been able to talk with her um, or, or hear her talk, really, I've never been on a one-on-one with her. But in instances where you've seen her, we saw her come out of her home or talk to so and so. I mean, yeah, she's not there. Yeah, no, she, she, it's like if you, I mean, maybe she's just really heavily medicated or something, but she does kind of have that, doesn't quite have access to all of her mental firepower well, at any one time. It's obvious she doesn't have a real grasp on reality in the first place, yeah. thinking she can take care of 14 kids without a job or any sort of skills, really. Um, she's the Anna Nicole Smith of motherhood. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
<laughs> really is. The, the well, you guys are you guys are hot in the mornings, man. Well, it's uh, it's all Tim, sir. We're just uh, you know what it is. We're the moon reflecting the glow of Tim's sun. By the time we wake up, it's time to leave. <laughs> boy, boy, you know who's a pistol in the morning is Dick Uliano. Yeah. I mean, we used to, you know, we, when we were in middays, we were talking to that guy, and he sounded bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. But, man, it's like he's all hopped up on Dayquil or something in the morning. I mean, he charges out of the gate. I asked him one question this morning. It said, Dick Uliano from Capitol Hill, what about that uh, Obama uh, on 60 Minutes last night? Well, Rick, let me tell you. And then it's like I, I came in like 15 minutes later, and he was still going. It was fantastic. The, did you see the, but the, the, the reason I brought up the Octomom is two things. One, Tim Riley did the greatest little, little thing this morning where he, he said it like Jethro Tull. He said like a, hey, Octomom, which was fantastic. And it seems like it ought to be a wacky morning show parody song like now. Also, it's like she says stuff just to provoke the rest of the country now. She said that, like, I'll never tell you who the father is. No one will ever know. And we were trying to figure out, is he some guy from, like, a sperm bank, or is he just, like, some, some poor sap that gave her a bunch of seed in a, in a bag at some point? Well, we're hearing he's a, uh, a foreign-born guy uh, who, um, who, I guess, will never be known. Um, and I don't, know why, I don't know why we know he'll never be known, because at some point he had to tell somebody right. he'll never be known, so someone has to know who he is, but we don't know who he is. You know, my, uh, as we uh, wrap this up, my one, one real interesting point, and my wife actually said something this weekend. We were watching the, 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 the Octomom being interviewed on, on, I don't know, CNN or some such, and um, she made an interesting point. She said that the reason, in her opinion, is my wife, she said the, the reason that the Octomom is so fascinating to everybody is because she is a walking, living, breathing symbol of not only the economic crisis, but of the bailout. I mean, she really is, she's like the AIG of mothers, really, when you think about it. Oh, yeah, the whole world came to bail her. Yeah, so there you go. So just, uh, you can feel free to use that your own self, Jim. Thank you. But, you know, uh, but everybody sort of alluded to the fact that, you know, we can't believe, number one, we're interested in this woman, number two, so many people are helping her. But the, the observation was also made that it's not about this woman. You know, we don't care if you hate her, but, you know, we got to somehow rescue these kids. You should go in Uncommon Valor style and stick the kids in a backpack and take them somewhere else. It would fit. All right. There you go. Thank you, Jim Roop. All right. All right. Jim Roop in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Still to come, we're going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. Be counting down the top five hard rock albums of all time and more news with Tim Riley. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's... 503-733-2970. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to be playing Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. Your chance to win it before you can buy it. Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th. We're also throwing in a canister of, yes, eco-friendly gaming wipes. Ooh. It's the only antibacterial design for your gaming gear. And I think we all know what we're talking about when we say gaming gear. Safely cleans all handheld electronics and your hands, too. Uh, that is uh, coming up later on with Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. We'll also be counting down the top five hard rock albums of all time. Uh, more headlines with Tim Riley. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. How can I help you on this Monday? Good morning, Rick. How are you today? I am fantabulous, sir. First question, or first observation, Richie's a little bit odd today. Yeah, today. He's a little, he's a little bit, he's not like He does the, get a little stranger than usual, uh, though. Bastion. Well, he, Richie isn't like... adapting well to mornings. I'm just going to say what we're, all, what we're all thinking here in this room. Richie is... Uh, Richie's not really making the transition to an early morning lifestyle all that well. Yeah, he still provides entertainment once. Yeah, yes, he does. Um, I was going to make an observation about the uh, YouTube stuff, and then, what, are they going on there trying to pull off more videos? 
Oh, you Tim, was that the, your Warner Brothers thing? Yes, Warner Music. So this is the deal that if you go onto YouTube now, and to be fair, Google, uh, who owns YouTube, uh, YouTube is owned by Google, they had been making some noise about doing this, where if you, if you create, you know, a lot of people create homemade videos where it's like, uh, you know, here's some World of Warcraft imagery, and then uh, I've put an Evanescence song underneath it, and it's always Evanescence that they would Google would somehow deduce the music that was there. In other words, they would they would have some automatic system that would scan it, and if it was a copyrighted song, they would just mute it. So you could still watch the video, but there was no sound at all because they're trying not to enable copyright infringement and blah, 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 blah. So I think Warner's, though, actually is taking it one step further, and they're just having those videos removed. Well, I mean, I, I understand copyright laws, but getting to the point where they're getting a little bit uh, psychotic, I guess, are you saying that the record companies are being unreasonable, sir? Beyond unreasonable. Yes. Well, that's what well, they do. Uh, the uh, the other thing I was going to say, have you heard of a show called Seconds from Disaster? No. From National Geographic? No, I have not. It's actually a rather interesting show because they take an event that, let's say, the, you remember the 2003 Columbia explosion? Yes. Which was kind of weird for me because that was the first shuttle I was going to watch landing. And, well, you know. Anyway, they take the... They take the full story and explain all the details of what happened, and it's actually a rather interesting show. So is it where they just take, like, literally the, the few moments before it all goes wrong, and they kind of examine it in exhaustive detail? Relatively. And they actually, like, they, they make it, they, make, they explain it well enough that you can understand it. That even, uh, that even with my minuscule human brain, I'm able to, uh, to fathom exactly how things went wrong. Well, I mean, you got, you got good knowledge of uh, English and all, everything like that, but your science is lacking. <laughs> My science, uh, uh, my science foo is not strong. Well, in a terrifying way. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I'll take it under advisement. There you go. That's uh, seconds from disaster, that guy. That call started out strong, and then the energy level just seemed to leach out of it rather quickly. Well, I think everyone might be struggling with mornings. Well, not me, Sarah. Not uh, me either. I, I thrive on them. Bringing the magic is only I can't. Oh, by the way, speaking of seconds from disaster, I just have to tell you this story very quickly. Then we'll, uh, we'll get caught up. Tim uh, Riley with headlines around the corner. We have... Guitar Hero Metallica we're going to be giving away with a spot the fake metal lyrics. We'll be counting down the top five hard rock albums of all time. Speaking of Seconds of Disaster, though, so I was here yesterday uh, just working on some stuff uh, for today and just you know, assembling the top fives for this week in advance or whatever. And so we have interviewed on this show a couple different times the guys who do this thing called the Found Footage Film Festival. And the Found Footage Film Festival is just, it's extraordinary. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's these guys who come to town. They tour the whole country. The last time they were here... Um, they were at uh, the Laurelhurst, I think, but the deal is they just assemble all of these movies and video clips and film strips that they find, like, in garage sales and in garages dumpsters. and dumpsters. Yeah, yeah and so it's like an Estelle Getty workout tape, and I'm not making it up. One where it has Angela Lansbury covering herself in sensual oils and talking about, some people think that a woman's sexuality vanishes after menopause, but not me. I'm Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Uh, there was another one that was like a pool hustler thing. It was like some guy with a bad Kenny Rogers beard and a huge bow tie. So I only have volume three of all of these found films. And Paddock has all three volumes. He comes in yesterday to give me volume one and two. And he's like, hey, you got to put this, uh, put volume two in. I got to show you this one video clip. And these are all real films. These aren't like gag films that people make up as like a spoof. They're all real. It's all real bits of film footage. So he has me watch this uh, video that's all about how to seduce women through the power of hypnosis. And it's just ultra creepy, by the way, because it's this guy with a bad mullet sitting in front of a fireplace with like a fake leather-bound book going, And now you're ready to put your hypnosis skills into practice on a woman in the field. And then it shows a guy going into a bar, and he approaches three different women, and he says, 
hey, have you ever wanted to be hypnotized? And then one of the women says, well, that sounds interesting. And they cut to the guy going, the woman who says hypnosis sounds interesting is the woman you should pursue. She is already open to your suggestions. And anyway, so within like 30 seconds in the video, the guy is at the woman's home. She's in her bedroom, laying on her back on her bed, surrounded by stuffed animals. And he's going to be hypnotizing her. And I was making the point that, first of all, if you've gotten a strange woman to let you into her home and she's laying on her back with her eyes closed on the bed, like you're selling past the clothes. The hypno, she's obviously like a Jeez. slut. So, I mean, like the fact that you, you just stumbled into, uh, you know, in, into some exceptionally loose woman at the bar means you can really ditch the hypnosis gag. But so he's doing the hypnosis and it's a And at one point, I swear to God, the hypnotist says to the woman that he's seducing, he goes, you feel a burning sensation between your legs, which... Didn't really sound all that sexy to me, but hey, you know, whatever. Different, Each their own. Different strokes for different folks. Um, but so Paddock and I are gathered around this, and it's shot like the production values are so low. I mean, the lighting is all terrible, and it's like just a bad, bad VHS. It looks like a terrible porn film, because then they cut away to the guy with the book, and then they cut back to the woman, and the guy's just on top of her, and they're having the sex. At that moment, Bridget from upstairs walks into my office, <laughs> and there's Paddock and I, for all the world, looking like we're just watching bad, low-rent porn on my office computer. And, of course, what did I immediately do? I just minimized the screen. We weren't watching anything. And then it makes it bigger. Yes, serious. <laughs> so, sorry about that, Bridget. Didn't uh, mean for you to walk in and... That kind of sounds like a story that somebody told us last week. Mm -hmm. Yes. About walking in at inopportune times and something's on the screen that it shouldn't be. And by something, you mean... That... All right. The screen just froze. That's right. Uh, uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why. Damn pop-up. This huge uh, picture of uh, genitals is on my screen. I'm sorry about I that. I throw up my hands in disbelief. I don't know how it got here. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Now in my head, I sort of mentally insert the Darth Vader sound over everything. I know. Where is it? We haven't played it yet today. Oh, I'm sure it'll come up. Maybe he's teasing us now. Maybe he's holding it back. Maybe he took it out. He's too busy working on, uh, on Chris Brown sound effects. All right, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. All right, ladies and germs, we are now going to uh, give you a shot at Guitar Hero Metallica. Win it before you can buy a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th. Uh, we are now going to take caller 10 right now at 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We will take caller number 10 right now uh, for your chance to play Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. Uh, if you are successful, you'll win a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th. Guitar Hero Metallica, the most intense guitar hero yet. Take on the most blistering track list ever assembled and experience the bone-shaking thunder of the new double bass drum kick pedal and expert plus level, just like Lars Ulrich himself. By the way, it doesn't say blistering, it says blisterous, which sounds like some sort of a, a rash-like problem you would have. Pre-order your copy before March 29th at GuitarHero.com. We're also throwing in a canister of, yes, eco-friendly gaming wipes. The only antibacterial designed for your gaming gear. Safely cleans all handheld electronics in your hands, too. And one lucky grand prize winner will win the limited edition Metallica Death Magnetic Game Case. Not available for sale. Only 40 are being made. That is uh, Caller 10 right now. This, however, at the news desk is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Huge accident. The semi has flipped over I-5 southbound right before Barbara Boulevard. This truck is stretching over three lanes. There's smoke coming out of it. People have pulled the driver out. Ambulances are on the way. That's I-5 southbound right before Tewilliger Boulevard. Volcanic eruption. Alaska's Mount Redoubt volcano has erupted five times overnight. 
That's about 50 miles north of Anchorage. It's not going to come this far south. But planes have canceled flights because of those things. Get into the engines of planes, they'll crash. Ash from Alaska volcanoes is like a rock fragment with jagged edges. They're asking people not to breathe it. It can, well, it can clog your breathing passages. Elsewhere, the Twilight DVD sold more than 3 million copies on its first day. Lame. That matches sales of blockbusters like The Dark Knight, Transformers, and Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. I weep for this country. Boy, I'm sure glad that I don't know anybody who's planning to buy the Twilight DVD. I think I would lose Me respect too. for anybody I knew maybe in this room. Absolutely. That would be just ridiculous. I don't are know you, why anyone would buy it. Are you at least going to buy it used? Yes. All right. Yes, I'll wait. I'm not going to buy it new, but it's so terrible that I must own it. Yeah. Stare at his smoldering butterscotch eyes and his chis- <laughs> chiseled Greek god physique. All right. It does make me feel dirty lusting after like a what like twenty one year old. Wait, are you? That guy's only, weird looking. Only in the movie. He's in the, completely weird. No, in Even life, in the movie though. No, in life he is not handsome. No, he has like this weird like vampire James Dean thing going on. He in the looks movie. like Beavis. I don't know. I he, find him kind of attractive. In the really? Movie. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's something life, I'm though. missing. In life, like any regular picture of him, I'm not attractive. I to think him. he's got that strange, strangely shaped forehead, and he's got that huge pompadour. Again, he does look like some sort but of undead. It's my Luke Perry thing. He's like an undead Luke Perry. Remember how Luke He's Perry like used to have... He's like an undead Luke Perry. <laughs> he used to have that like, big like pompadour oh, thing. Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's okay. I find here. the girl kind of cute, so, you know, what are you going <laughs> to do? All right. Uh, do we have our, uh, our metal bed ready over there, Sarah? Oh, yes, we do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again to play Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics for your shot at a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores on March 29th. Uh, hello, who might this be? This is Jamie. Hello, Jamie. How are you today? I'm doing great. All right. Are you ready to play Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics? Sure. All right, here's how we uh, play the game. I will perform for you two sets of metal lyrics, one from an actual metal song, one written by me, Rick Emerson. Uh, at the end of both sets of lyrics, you must guess which set were real, which set were fake. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't pay any attention to the melody or the meter or the order in which I do them. Those, uh, you know, the, that varies uh, from, uh, you know, from contest to contest. So it just, uh, it's all about listening to the lyrics, determining which are real, which are fake. All right. Are ye prepared? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. I will give you now the first set of lyrics. <clears throat> waiting for, waiting to hear my entry point here. <laughs> <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you set of lyrics the first. We like it hard. We like it fast. We got. Did he hang up? Oh, come on. I'm wasting oh. all my metal on you. Oh, you bastard. You know what? I hope you win nothing but a fire in which you die later. All right. Let's. Uh... All right. Who might this be? This is Mark. Hello, Mark. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? You know, Jamie was a big slack ass, but his sloth is your opportunity, my friend. Are you prepared? I am ready. Okay, you know what? Are you excited about this? Are you? Seriously, I am by, excited. Ex- by excited, I mean interested enough that you might not hang up the phone at some point? I'm going to bear with this. I'm going to I'm going to win. Oh, I think I bet he accidentally right. got disconnected. There's no way he would have hung up. You know, and my, I was already... Kid wants to. You know, the thing is, I had them, like, metal up there, and then I was busy selling it, and then the sale You're was bro- interrupted. You can do it again. The metal comes from within, Sarah. It's not a thing you can contrive. You know, the, the, the metal pulses in your veins. You have to feel it. Love of God. Start with the same set. We like it hard. We like it fast. We got the biggest amps, man. They blast. True metal people. 
Wanna rock, not pose. Wearing jeans and leather, not cracker jack clothes. Wow. All right. Okay, that's uh, the first set of lyrics. Okay, here here comes the second set of lyrics, my friend. Set of lyrics, the second, right here on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. No way. When all is said and done, somebody's lost, baby. Somebody's won. Sooner or later, gotta face the gun. Can't live your life out on the road. All right, and we're done. All right. Sir, one of those sets of lyrics, improbably enough, is real. One of those sets of lyrics, I wrote myself. Which do you suppose are the real lyrics? The first one. Is this your final answer, my friend? Yes, it is. Now, what made... Now, I have to ask before we reveal this. What is it about the first set of lyrics that indicates to you that they might be legitimate? Because just because they don't sound right. (laughs) Are you saying the second set was too well written? Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of flattered. You are correct, sir. The first song is Man of War's Kings of Metal. Uh, the second song is a uh, that's a set of lyrics of my own composition, by the way. That was my attempt at writing a uh, my attempt at writing a Bon Jovi song there. That second set of lyrics. All right, excellent. Congratulations, sir. You've won a win it before you can buy a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th. It is the most intense Guitar Hero yet. You take on the blistering track list uh, and experience the bone-shaking thunder of the new double bass drum kick pedal. You're also winning a canister of eco-friendly gaming wipes. Mark, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. All right, put you on hold, Rich. You'll get your information there. You seem well pretty done. excited about the wipes. Yeah, he was sort of nonplussed about the whole uh, about the whole thing, though. I, I think w- because we've been up for hours, so now we're all like awake and spry, and I think other people might just be getting started. I, I, I'm excited about the wipes. I have it's to, better than a ShamWow wiper. I have to say, I'm a little uh, I'm a little disappointed though that not even the power of my blistering rock delivery was enough to wake him out of his stupor. Not even my, uh, you know. If it's any consolation, I saw Tim take off his headphones. Really? Yeah, it was a bit much. Is it because of my, <laughs> because of my uh, my ending couplet? Scream! Yes, I can oh no longer hear it through one side of my head. <laughs> well, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO! That's what I'm talking about right there. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Monday morning. 29 minutes on the right side of 8 o'clock. That's how many minutes before 9, Tim? Uh, well 30, done. Thirty-one. Uh, hey, look at you. I was, I was already, I was already to write that off and just move on to uh, to cover your shame. And then the CBS News Department did, in fact, know the correct time. Mathematics is not one of my strong points. So. Me neither. That's okay. No one's, no, no one's really, uh, no one is really like tuning in to hear us talk about a hypotenuse. So I mean, it's, I really add to it. It's a, that's just a, uh, that's a small issue at best. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Good morning to you, sir, or madam, as the case may be. Hello. Good morning, sir. Hello. Hi. How, how are you doing today, Rick? I'm uh, fantastic. How can I assist you on this glorious Monday morning, my chum? Well, you already are. You're bringing happiness into my world. Come here this bright and early Monday morning. Well, that's I what I do. To let you know, I appreciate that. I was I was a little upset to see Adam Carolla had left my morning. I said, "Who the heck is this new guy?" But you know what? You won me over, sir. Was it the Was it my charm? Was it my charisma? Was it our obvious mastery of mathematics in all their various forms? I think it was getting to that thirty-one as an answer. You guys were real quick on that. <laughs> uh, 
That really impressed me. It's your, uh, really, I would say your almost total grasp of basic addition and subtraction was enough to convert me to being a hardcore fan. Hey, this is the Pacific Northwest. That's asking a lot. Oh, burn on ourselves. What can I say? I was, uh, you won me over when you told me No Effects was going to be a Warp Tour. That, that made me happy. Uh, you know, the Rick Emerson Show is not just here to amuse and entertain, sir. We're here to provide you with information of all varieties. Yes, and that, I thank you cool. for. I just, just saw the, the Nofix up at the uh, Roseland Theater, and they made me happy like you do. So uh, thanks for doing what you do. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, I'm all yours. All right. Thank you, my friend. Awesome. Spread the word. We appreciate it. All right. There you go. It's 503-733-2970. At the news desk, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Big rollover accident. A semi has rolled over in the I-5 southbound into Williger. All the lanes are closed. It is stretched across all lanes. Apparently, this truck is on fire. Some good Samaritans pulled the driver out. The fire also has the left lanes closed on the I-5 northbound. Meanwhile, there's been a volcanic eruption in Alaska. Mount Redoubt has blown its top. It's not causing trouble for people right now, but it is affecting air travel. Volcanic ash and uh, jet engines don't mix. Says uh, this man on a public access television jet show. Jet engine failure. So uh, really what's going on here now is a, a pretty major disruption to air traffic in and out of Anchorage. I, look, I know this isn't your fault, Tim, but it is 2009. Why do all of the sound bites, why do they all have that weird uh, sort of flutter and wow thing going on there? You got me. <laughs> There you go. See, that guy was just impressed that we could do math, but now it's all falling apart. The second question was the one that just it was our undoing. All right. Hey, Octomob, you must be pleased that two more members of your uh, litter have been released to go home. He picked up his cell phone and read a text message from a woman he had a previous relationship with. I think this is the wrong soundbite. Oh, uh, Octomom. The police were able to block off the streets, the, a pretty big street, and then our street on the cul-de-sac. And that was just, it was fantastic and just really, really safe and I had no anxiety and no worry. Stomach full of babies. Are those all of her children in the background? Shoving out her litter. Not all of them. Yeah. No, you can, the best part is in the background, you can already hear uh, all of the other kids that are sort of running around shrieking. Well, it's anxious in anticipation. <laughs> they can't wait for their innumerable brothers and sisters to come home, Tim. Uh, Dennis Rodman snaps at Clint Black during the latest episode of The Celebrity Apprentice. Hey, Clint Black. You think you're the Right, bro? You think you're the right, bro? You think this No, no, you think you're the right, bro? Oh, my God. You think this is going to help? Oh, you, man. First, I thought he was joking. Then, oh, my God, he's really serious. You think you're a deep You think you know every thing? Well, I forgot, brother, it's a team. It's a team game. this joke. Womb is overflowing. Wait, I got one more. Uh... Birth canal is stretched out. Stretched out. Sorry. Five, four, three, two. I'm just trying to wring every joke that I can out of that woman before she, uh, she's inevitably stuck in a crazy house somewhere. I mean, you got to figure it's just a matter of, of weeks, if not days, where they come for her with a butterfly net. And as Eddie Izzard would say, they put her in a small room and look at her through a window forever. Counting is happiness. Counting is all right, ladies and gentlemen, here is your top five for Monday. Here's Tim Riley. What? And in the world of Thank music, you. one can draw the finest of distinction. Used all your uh, all your mental firepower doing that math problem earlier. It was. What is rock and roll? What is heavy metal? What is hard rock? 
To learn the answers to at least one of these questions, we try to offer some definitive examples. Here are the top five hard rock albums of all time. These are the top five hard rock albums of all time as determined by me, Rick Emerson, which, which means that uh, I can be the recipient of your hate mail when you inevitably disagree with my conclusions. Audible matching goes to the Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks. So Adam Thompson and I, Adam Thompson works right here at Rock 101 KUFO. He and I were sort of talking about this list this morning. We were trying to figure out what the honorable mention should be. He was the one who actually came up with Nevermind the Bollocks because he made the point that it doesn't sound much like a punk record because it's not very fast. You know, there's not a whole lot on this record that's, I mean, this is about as fast as this record gets. I guess there's Holidays in the Sun, which is faster. But it's, it really is more of a straight ahead, it's a very loud pop record in some ways. And it does have kind of just this thumping power chord hard rock feel to it. It does in some ways bear a striking similarity to like some of the early Twisted Sister recordings. And by the way, you just get ready to fire up angry missives, but this is true. You go back and you listen. If you can strip mentally strip the vocals away, if you go listen to Talk Dirty to Me by Poison, and then listen to a, a Sex Pistols single, you'll find that the production value and the guitar tone are almost exactly the same. And so it's it's interesting. You wouldn't really think of this as being a hard rock record because you hear about so much of them carrying the banner for punk, but there's just enough there to put it on the list. These are the top five hard rock albums of all time. Tim? Number five, Kiss Alive. Now, this is on the list because Kiss is, in many ways, the definitive rock and roll live album. Uh, it certainly is the record that put Kiss on the map because they put out three studio albums before this. They put out... Um, uh, Kiss and Hotter Than Hell um, and Dressed to Kill, none of which have really done anything. And this is a huge gamble for the record company because this is Casablanca Records run by Neil Bogart, and they just lost their shorts on this Johnny Carson double, uh, double album, which nobody bought. And so everything, all the chips were pretty much on this Kiss record. And all of the rock cliches you hear now where they're doing the sing-along and where Paul Stanley says, you've been a dynamite audience, so give yourselves a round of applause. Like all of that stuff you hear bands doing now all comes from this record. And by the way, the huge sections of this were actually recorded in the studio with then fake Super Bowl applause put over the end. So, in terms of trickery, they set the standard early on. These are the top five hard rock albums of all time. Number four, a Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil. Oh, I'm sorry. That wait, doesn't sound like Motley I'm sorry, Crue. that's me. I haven't I hit like the, the wrong button. One. I'm sorry, <laughs> what is it, Tim? It is Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil. I'm sorry, that was totally my fault. I uh, failed to play and played to fail there. I'm excited to see Motley Crue. Oh, man, I have to tell you. It's going to be so cool. Uh, you go back and listen to Shout of the Devil, and that record has not, it hasn't aged in this sense. I mean, obviously, you listen to it, you can tell that it's not anything that came out last week, but it hasn't dated in this sense. A lot of times you listen to old rock records. I mean, you know, hard rock, metal, whatever, and they sound thin. There's a certain sort of, they're reedy, there's like a tinniness to the production, Judas Priest, for example. But not this, man. You put it, you put on Shout of the Devil, and it just kicks you in. It's like a mule kicking you in the ears. God, it's just the best record. It's not my favorite. I mean, uh, my favorite is probably still Girls, 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 for a lot of reasons. But God, this is still just such a fantastic record. And they're going to be playing Dr. Feelgood all the way through at, uh, at Crew Fest, too, which is quite something. The song is about the uh, Los Angeles Police Department. 
Wow. I mean, this is like, what, 23 years old, something like that? Just amazing sounding. These are the top five hard rock albums of all time. Tim Riley. Number three, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. And at this point, it just becomes a game of inches. Adam and I were going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth this morning about what should be number one, what should be number three. It really becomes... It really becomes more of an issue of how can you argue something out of, of the number one spot. And I don't really know what I would say that would keep this out of first place. I mean, it's such a relative, such a system of relative merits when you're talking about, you know, greatest albums of all time. You get into the top three. I would say the only reason that this is not number one is because this album is very strongly inspired by the number two slot. The number two album here really had a, a big imprint on these guys. And so Guns N' Roses had, they had earlier artists and albums to work upon and to work from, whereas some of the other, uh, you know, the number one and number two bands didn't really have anybody to really model themselves after. So, but I mean, it's just that's such a minor distinction. Excellent. These are the top five hard rock albums of all time. Tim Riley. Number two, Aerosmith with Rock. This was almost number one. The only reason this isn't number one is because the number one record accomplishes the same trick of being an unbelievably loud, aggressive, hard rock milestone, but does it with a lot fewer parts. I mean, you know, there's a lot fewer components. This is still an amazing, but this is, I mean, hands down the best thing Aerosmith ever did, no doubt about it. And this was the album I was talking about, the album Rocks. The influence of Rocks on Guns N' Roses, for example, cannot be overstated. I mean, just the towering, unbelievable legacy of this band and this album. I mean, the shadow that this record casts across the whole generation of bands is just, I mean, it's so massive that it cannot even be quantified. And by the way, you got to give this song points because he rhymes Yves Saint Laurent with uh, looking real gaunt. Or words to that effect. Great record. It's got, it's got this, it's got, you know, Back in the Saddle, it's got Nobody's Fault, Licking a Promise, Rats in the Cellar. Mm. These are the top five hard rock albums of all time. Tim Riley. Number one, ACDC, Back in Black. I mean, there's really no getting around that. I mean, it was just a, just the smallest number of ingredients. They create a seemingly limitless collection of songs. This gets extra points for being the first record after the death of Bon Scott when they reemerged with Brian Johnson as the lead vocalist. And this is before the internet when you didn't really, you know, you didn't hear samples, you didn't hear like an early release, you know, you didn't hear like a, a leak of a, uh, you know, of a demo version. And after Bon Scott was dead, everybody just wrote the band off. They just figured there was no way that it could ever come back. They, you know, then if they came back, they would probably suck. I mean, there was just no way to expect that the band would come back and not only not be terrible, but in fact be exceptional. One of the best album openers of all time. Fantastic. There you go. The top five hard rock albums of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Just ahead, more headlines from Tim Riley, and we'll talk about Friday's Battlestar Galactica series finale. As Adam himself might say, rule or suck. All right, there you go. So thanks to Adam Thompson for helping to uh, assemble this. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Fantastic.
It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Around the corner, we will uh, talk to Tim Riley, find out what the biggest stories of the day were. How's the, is that accident more or less uh, cleared? Well, it's got to take a while. It was already jammed up. That's uh, I-5 South by the Terwilliger. And right in the middle of rush hour traffic, too. I mean, it's just, is they, uh, do we know the status of the driver? We do not. There? All right. So if you are headed southbound on I-5, Try not to be headed southbound on I-5. That's uh, it's uh, it's slow and go, as Sarah used to say in coin traffic. What'd you say, slow and go? And then there's looky lose as well. Is that what you said? What, what no, I would say like stop and go or stop and go. Stop and go. All right, slow and go. Wait, is that a? I'm thinking of gas and sip. Yes. Yeah, right, I was go. thinking I that was the name of a convenience store. Uh, take a moment here, just some thoughts about Battlestar Galactica. And this is the kind of the, the portion of the show where I'm speaking into a void because neither Sarah didn't watch it, Tim didn't watch it, Bridget didn't watch it. So I'm just, it's just between uh, you and I, sci-fi viewer, because there's really nobody in the room with whom. See, it's not like you, you got panic. At the I know, it's kind, of, it's kind of nice because I don't feel so alone. Yes, I feel very alone, Sarah, <laughs> and unloved and filthy. Uh, I will say this about Battlestar Galactica. Did it end well? Well... Well is a bit of an elastic term. Was um, it better than The Sopranos ending? Oh, yeah. Well, anything. I mean, really, just having one of your eyes pulled out and set on fire and then having the socket filled with aphids is better than The, uh, the Sopranos finale. I'll say this about Battlestar Galactica's two-hour season uh, series finale, which was at the Baghdad. It was two hours. The first hour was so good and so strong that I will forgive almost anything. Like, it made everything in the second hour was forgivable just because the first hour was so off-the-charts compelling. Um... Highlights from the first hour include, of course, the storming the ship. Uh, uh, what's his name? John Calville, uh, capping himself all of a sudden out of nowhere. You know, gun in his mouth. Suddenly he's dead. The moment when it all goes wrong, where Chief sees that Tory was the one who uh, blew Callie out the airlock into outer space. I mean, there was you know when he when they all kind of put the and now this sounds like gibberish. See, this is what it's like when you listen. I know, when, I'm like Callie in outer space. Yeah. So when the final five are all putting their hands to you know in the hybrid water to try to like you know to hook up with the mothership or whatever, and Chief sees that Tory was the one who killed Callie, and everybody in the theater was kind of like, oh hell. No, because you saw it coming. It just you saw it coming even before it happened, and then he chokes her to death, and then suddenly the whole thing just erupts in gunfire. And then what's his name? Calvo kills himself. That was it was all fantastic. Spoilers, lol. Um, but uh, the first hour was so strong and so powerful that there's just no way the second hour ever could have lived up, and indeed it did not. And for those who are wondering when the series finale of Battlestar Galactica, when it all kind of went uh, when it went awry. It's when Gaius Baltar stopped everything and made that speech, which I thought was like a goof. I thought it was going to be like, um, I thought it was going to be like, uh, uh, what's his name, Sam Jackson's speech in Deep Blue Sea, where he's like, we can fight our way out of, and then the shark just comes and like drags him underwater, where Baltar made that, well, maybe it's not God, maybe it's not a spirit, maybe it's just a force through the universe, maybe it's just something that brought us here, and it was like you expected Stan Marsh and Kyle Broflowski to come out and start talking about how they learned something today, and then it happened like three more times. My final thought on Battlestar Galactica's series finale is this. There's so much heavy-handed religious allegory in that show that, in a way, it did end up being the perfect commentary on religion in that it doesn't have to make sense, it doesn't have to have any logic, and there doesn't have to be any rational explanation. When in doubt, just say, God did it! It's magic! And then everyone nods their head and pretends that it's brilliant. It's not. It's just lazy writing. On Battlestar Galactica, that is. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Rock 101 KUFO.
We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't forget, coming up at 9, it is Smells Like the 90s with Buzz, ladies and gentlemen. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Don Taylor as well as Katie Darrell from TMZ. Tim Riley, today's top headlines. Yes, big semi-overturned at I-5 to Willigar still blocking traffic. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents uh, Dick Giuliano as well as James Roop. And, uh, wait, anybody else? Am I missing somebody? I don't think so, but I don't know. <laughs> That's all a blur. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley and the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in, webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, executive producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Thank you for listening. My name is Rick Emerson. Today is Monday, March 23rd, 2009, and that is the frequency. Kenneth, we'll see you tomorrow at 5 a.m. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Bye. Choose your destiny. Fatality. Outstanding.